Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Fight Night on TalkSport 2. It's a different night, it's a different channel, but it's the same old me and it's the same old Fight Night. And don't take that as derogatory. It's an action-packed show tonight with me, Adam Catterall. You are listening to TalkSport 2, your home for boxing. Uh, Later on in the show, I'm going to be speaking to Conor Ben. He's got a fantastic rematch coming up on the Dillian White uh, Josie Parker undercard and joining me in the studio for the majority of the show two boys who are setting the podcast world on fire at the moment from the Pound for Pound podcast Spencer Oliver needs no introduction he's been a guest on this show on many many occasions and his partner in crime is Jake Wood that's right Max Brannan from EastEnders both of those boys are going to be with me in about 15 minutes to talk all things boxing and um, just spread a little bit of fandom on the show so do stick with us if you want to get involved at any point you know what to do uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Adam Catterall now you know how this show starts on a week by week basis I give you my three big stories of the week Number one, we have to celebrate our own. We will be speaking about him without any shadow of a doubt throughout the course of this show, whether it's uh, with guests or giving him his own little feature. He might even make the Hall of Fame. It is, of course, David Hay. He announced his retirement this week. He unified the cruiserweight division. He went on to become the heavyweight champion of the world. And he sits alongside Evander Holyfield as the only two men on the planet to ever do that. That's decent company. Don't judge him by his comeback. Judge him by a career as a whole. David Hay, happy retirement. Number two in the big stories of the week, we have to go stateside. Canelo Triple G 2 is on. Whether you like that, whether you don't like that, whether your view on cheats in this sport is one thing or another, it doesn't really matter because our opinion doesn't really seem to count. The governing bodies and the guys that make the money make this world go round. And on September the 15th, we go back to Las Vegas for hopefully some answers to be answered, if that makes any sense. Uh, Because Canelo Triple G are going at it again. We had a controversial draw first time out. We had some dodgy scoring. I personally scored it for Triple G. You might have personally scored it for Canelo. Hopefully, September 15th, someone's getting sparked out, so therefore we won't have them debates. And the third big story of the week is that the Northeast is alive and kicking in the world of boxing. Lewis Ritson was absolutely sensational, uh, winning his Lonsdale belt outright. And Josh Kelly from Sunderland really did step up to the plate, winning his first major professional title. And off the back of that performance in Newcastle, I thought it'd be quite nice to ring the pretty boy himself and get him on the show. Uh, This is what Josh Kelly sounded like moments after winning the fight last night when I called him up and decided to hit record. 
How are you, pretty boy? You good? Hey, mate, all good yourself? Mate, I'm sound. I've just, uh, <laughs> I've just, I've just been chilling. I don't have to go fighting. You know what I mean? I don't do that on a Saturday night. <laughs> Listen, that that must have been the best feeling, right? Walking out in front of your friends, your family, people that have travelled up from Sunderland up to Newcastle. The North East was on fire. Uh, it was mad. It was mad. It was loud. Bounty is exactly what the North East is all about. So quality are you are you able to take that in because obviously you fought all over the world in your yet. amateurs and olympics and all that type of stuff are you able to take that in i know you've been back to newcastle since you turned uh, pro but are you able to take that in with that tonight that were crackers um it's mad no i'm probably not taking into like a couple of weeks because it takes you a couple of weeks short of it to to realize what's happened what's went on how big it was but at the moment i'm just living in uh, well now i'm just living in the moment so it's quality have you um, have you already got yourself shower changed and ready to get down the big mark? Is that what you're doing, mate? You're already down there. <laughs> no, I'm just having a quiet one. I'm just staying at the hotel room with Domino's, that's me. That's it. Well, you know what I mean? The missus and the baby on the way. You've got to exactly. take care of the business, son, haven't you? You've got to take you care know of the that. business. You know how it you is, know mate. That. That's it. Happy wife, happy life, bro. I know how you're working. <laughs> that's it, cool. When you were, you were in the changing room, you were obviously top of the bill tonight um, with, yeah. with Lewis. Lewis went out before you. And I've just, yeah. obviously, I was watching the ring walk with the with the blade right. and races and all that type of stuff. That was absolutely crackers. And then he goes and performs and does the what he does within a round yeah. to win his yeah. Lonsdale belt outright. You yeah. must you must have been backstage thinking, what the flipping heck's going on? It's like Royal Rumble's <laughs> gone off outside. I, I can hear it. I can hear it. But I just, um, I started seeing photos for my stuff. I mean, um, and, and I think Lewis did great, did a great performance tonight. And, um, I mean, I, I hopefully I did myself justice as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's um, I'm feeling I'm feeling on cloud nine at the moment. Mate, you did more than uh, justice. Were you were you aware by the way? Obviously, for those that don't know, um, we would class this as your first major title, mate. Doing the business. Yeah. Did you did you know that you had him hurt? Because there's reports that he's that he damaged his jaw in the third or fourth round against you. There, were you, were you aware that he was hurt? Um, I just knew that he was starting to give up. I knew he was starting to give up, and um, I just started to put the pressure on. And I knew after the second, third round, I, I knew I, I had the, had the grips of him, and that's why I got complacent, got caught with a few shots. And um, that's my, that's not, nothing to do with him. That's sort of do with me. Do you know what I mean? I need to just keep learning. I mean, I get a lot of um, things said like, "Oh, he got caught. He got this. He got that." But a lot of people have got to remember it's my seventh fight and I'm stepping up on a massive show and I mean the kids and the, the, the lads boxing underneath us are like headliners themselves do you know what I mean they would headline the show themselves so they may do that and win the Commonwealth title in that sort of fashion against someone who's never been stopped never it's supposed to be a bit of a punch I feel as though I did it I did alright <laughs> I did alright did more than alright like you said Chris George Commonwealth champion he's no more coming into this fight I was speaking to um uh, to a couple of people throughout the course of the week um, about this particular fight, and yeah. even, and and every single person said, "Listen, this isn't a, a pushover for Josh. You know what I mean? This is a proper no. step up. It's a real test for him. Yeah. Let's see what he's all about. Obviously, dealing with the pressure of the home fans, dealing with the pressure exactly. of going for the Commonwealth title. Mate, you dealt with it quite quite comfortably. You, you seem comfortable, yeah, especially early. You seem really comfortable. Yeah, I, I, I felt as I was. I felt as like I got the grips of him quite quick. So. After that, it was like it was just trying to keep myself concentrated because once I get the grips of something, I find it's like a puzzle. Once you find out how to work it, you I wanted like I need another one to do. It's like sort of like that. I mean, <laughs> like mind. a Rubik's I cube. I want to find out how to work them. I want to find out how to work them. I'm like, 
I want some other sort of puzzle to figure out, and, and then I just go to sleep a little bit, which is bad on my behalf. So I need to learn. I'm, I'm in my own harshest critics. So I need to learn that. So, <laughs> so good. But you, like you just said now, right? I know that you're you're off. Go and get yourself a little Domino's. You can uh, you can have a little bit of a rest. But I've no doubt you've already <laughs> been speaking to Adam. You've already spoken to Eddie. Yeah. What's the plan, man? When we're going to see you again? When we're going to when oh. you're going to be out doing your thing? I'm not sure. Daddy's in Eddie's in um, Adam's Adam's choice. So then MC it's time to go. I'm I'm back in the gym. I'll I'll be back in the gym soon anyways. A week off and I'll be back in the gym. Listen. I'm 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 a gym rat at the moment, so well I know <laughs> these professionals they have to be. I know I know we've had a little bit of a crack recently, but um about yeah. the about the American cards because that's made for yeah. you, innit? That's made for the pretty boy going over to America and doing his thing. <laughs> Mad thing, you know that, bro. Yeah, <laughs> 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 no, I'll be blessed to be going over there. I'm absolutely blessed, but I'm I'm just taking it all in tonight. I'm blessed for what's happening tonight, and the turnout was unbelievable. And to win the combat title and stopping someone like that, I mean, couldn't ask for any more. So, what's um, what's <clears throat> fight what's fight week been like up there? Because obviously, you you reside now. Obviously, in London, you, you you train out of London with Adam and all that type of stuff. So you spend a lot of your time down, obviously, in the capital. So to go back up there, as 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 the attitude of fans and new fans maybe changed totally since since you were last obviously fighting up there. Um, yeah, a bit. I mean, it's it's it, there's always pros and cons. I mean, people find out more about you, like yeah, or people or people look at you and think, oh, I don't want to go him. But the thing is, is that. If you actually get a noise, I'm a real dark <laughs> real person. I'm not this. I'm not this looking looking like cocky arrogant boy who jumps in the ring. That's just it. That's just like a Jacqueline Hyde. That's my Hyde side. Mm. I have to do that to perform. You have to turn to an actor. You have to turn to a different character to perform in the ring. You can't go in there with my normal self. So if I went in there with my normal loving, caring self, I'd end up giving them a hug and saying, "Look, you are. <laughs> you win this one." Do you know what I mean? So um, nah, and uh, I think I think it's been great. It's been a great experience. You'll end up getting them pregnant if you acted normally, mate. That's what I normally go on, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it really don't tell you. <laughs> no, I just, I just, I was wondering, like, with this week going back up to the northeast, because a lot of a lot of people are starting to hear about you, Lewis, and it's nice to have guys, your hometown heroes. People will always follow their own, won't they? So therefore, when you bring yeah. a show to the northeast, the big arena, the big metro arena in in Newcastle, they were coming out yeah. for the hometown boys, and they haven't had that for a long yeah. period of time. I mean. Glenn McCrory exactly. obviously had it in his day and there's a couple of other lads. I know Stuart Hall was on the card tonight. There's a couple of other yeah. kids that have had it. But this yeah. there seems to be a real buzz now in the northeast. Yeah, I mean, they, they know it's going to come back in a big way. I feel sure they know that Lewis and I have got potential to, to, to go places. And a lot of the other lads have on the card as well. Yeah, a lot of local lads there who's got a lot of talent and they'll be mm. stepping up soon in big, big fights. So um, we're just... We're just buzzing to be riding this northeast at the moment. Listen, stay away from the big mart tonight, mate. It'll be packed. <laughs> no way. There'll be, there'll be people no looking out for you, pal. They'll be wanting selfies and all sorts of stuff. Don't worry it? about that, bro. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the hotel room and Th- I'm going to it. Make sure, make sure you keep that shirt buttoned up, all right? Don't be getting the chest out. All right, lad. <laughs> <laughs> all good. Listen. All good, big one. Thank you, Adam. Listen, congratulations. It was brilliant Cheers. tonight, mate. Well done, lad. Take care. Cheers, boss. Thank you. Cheers, boss. Thank you. Bye-bye. Superb. Um,
Josh Kelly there. It was absolutely superb. If you've not watched that performance, make sure you get yourself on YouTube or get yourself looking back at your Sky Sports planner because he was absolutely tremendous. Lewis Ritson was absolutely tremendous. The crowd was tremendous. There's a great little knockout on the uh, undercard as well uh, from Charlie Edwards. A great performance from Charlie. Make sure you check him out too. The fight between Gavin McDonnell and Stuart Hall was an absolute cracker. Uh, Gavin McDonnell really stepping up in class and putting on a bit of a clinic there against the former world champion. Newcastle is alive and well with Fight Sports. Great to hear from uh, Josh Kelly there. Coming up next on Fight Night, make sure you stick around because two gentlemen who are taking the podcast world by storm are going to be joining me in the studio. Jake Wood, you'll know him because he plays Max Brannan on the old EastEnders. He's teamed up with Spencer Oliver, former Bantamweight European champion. Both of them have got the Pound for Pound podcast and they're coming to present the show with me next, so don't go anywhere. Don't forget, this will be available as a podcast, uh, available at all your uh, decent providers, which leads me on nicely to uh, introduce you to two gentlemen that are going to be uh, doing the rest of the programme with us. These guys are the king of the podcast world. <laughs> you, you're laughing, but that's true. I'm, I'm loving the build-up. <laughs> now, obviously, Spencer Oliver's been on the show before, but he's brought his partner in crime today, the better-looking version of the Pound for Pound podcast. Yeah, that's like right. That. That's right. Uh, Jake Wood is with us. Jake, Spencer, welcome to the show. How are you, gentlemen? Very good. Yeah, thanks for having us on. No, yep, brilliant, thanks. No, absolutely pleasure. Listen, I see you getting up to all sorts of shenanigans on the old Pound for Pound podcast, so I thought <laughs> we'll have a bit of a flavour for that on, uh, on TalkSport. Um, we are Fight Night Show. Um, it's going really well, the podcast, isn't it? Amazing, yeah. How many, how many shows? We I think we've done twenty six shows. We started uh, just sort of a turn of the year, yeah. And uh, yeah, we've reached number one spot in the UK, number one sports podcast. We're getting amazing guests. Like mm. we had Tyson Fury, Tony Bellew last week. They were like coating each other off. Uh, <laughs> it was great. Good. Uh, but yeah, we've had, it was some of your favourites. I like Piers Morgan. He yeah. was good. Well, that's what I like about what, what the angle that you guys have taken with yours. I kind of like when you speak to people like Ray Winston, for example. You know mm. what I mean? Guys yeah. that are not necessarily fighters, but have a love for fight sports and just well, getting a fan's angle of it. It's great. Yeah. And Gary Lineker was great as well. Like He had this really weird connection with um, Chris Eubank at the time or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he was mates like, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, so it's yeah. just like, it's just boxing's the umbrella for what we do, but it just seems that everybody's got a little bit of boxing in them somewhere or has it had some, some involvement in boxing. I think that's what we're finding really funny about the whole thing, doesn't it? And every week we just seem to have some crazy story that happens to one of us, <laughs> um, like cats getting locked in cupboards or all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's just going really well. Well pleased with it. Yeah, but that's the thing. People buy into the personalities that are obviously mm. presenting it. They buy into the stories, the stuff that you're willing to share with, with your audience. And like you said, the, the boxing thing is the umbrella, the common interest for everybody that come to the party. Yeah. But it just feels like you're in the pub having mm. a chat with your mates, having a little bit of a crack. Well, that's sort of the aim, wasn't it? Um, yeah. We looked around what else was out there when we when we were thinking about doing a podcast sort of like um, sort of like towards the end of last year. A lot of them are fantastic, like Toe to Toe, um, Five Live with Steve Bunce. And, uh, you know, those are fantastic podcasts, but they're very sort of like facts and figures. I mean, I'm yeah. a big boxing fan. I love my boxing. I would listen to those, to those podcasts. But my wife, for example, she wouldn't listen to yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. It was, she'd switch off after five minutes. It's all uh, stats and figures. And uh, I've been a boxing fan 
from as far back as I can remember. I used to do a bit of boxing back at primary school, and then um, I've always been in and around the sport, and I always go and watch live shows, and that's where I first met Spencer probably about eight years ago. Uh, we got very friendly. So, yeah, for me, it's kind of like I'm really interested in all the characters that are in and around the sport, mm. like the doctors. Mm. Every time I go to there, you see the same doctors, you see the same cutsmen, and then over time, if you go to um, live shows uh, over a few years, you see the same characters there. Yeah. And that, that, for me, is a really interesting fascinating part of the sport and you do realize that boxing is essentially like a family you yeah. know it's a, a, a very tight sort of network they all you know there's, you get these rivalries but then after two fighters have shared a fight and they've been in the ring together they have something in common you know so mm. we talked to uh, Joe Calzaghe about Dean Francis who very sadly passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago and um, and they had a fight and uh, and they said yeah they were rivals for, for many many years but then when Dean got um, got ill that Joe um, got to know him and, and in a way they shared that they had a com you know that in common that's something that you can never take away from and i'm just i'm really interested in the human side of it so hopefully that's the stuff that we're bringing out on the podcast no absolutely and that's I mean, you you'll obviously be testament to this spencer being a, a, a former fighter the boxing writers dinner is the most amusing place to be in the world when all those fighters are in there that have knocked seven bells out of each other down the years mm. and they're all sat there having a pint having well, a bit of a chin wag about you, about those times do you know what and something similar happens like so Unfortunately, last week, Brendan Ingle passed away. Mm. So I went up to Brendan Ingle's, like, you know, historically one of the main men in boxing, a massive character. He's, you know, brought champions through, like Nazim Hamid, Johnny Nelson. Um, he's had Ryan Rhodes in the stable. He's done Kel Brook. You know, so this guy was a really big figure. And I went there, and and the same thing applies. You get all the promoters, like, so you get your Eddie Hearns and your Frank Warrens uh, and, and people like that. They all end up in this room. And they're all arch enemies. But for that one day, it's all like, hello, mate, how are you? Yeah, all right. And then, the, you know, the next day they're like, yeah, did you see it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's just boxing is a very funny community. And, you, and you're right, Adam, the, the sports writers event is very like that. Like, so the, you get all these guys that have had, like, been arch rivals for years and then they've had these fights and there's been like, you know, bit of, bit of things going mm. on. And they get there and they have a few pints and then they're like laughing about it. It's just the weirdest thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a funny old sport, if I'm honest. Yeah, but you can see that as well. Whenever there's, uh, you know, anything like anyone hits hard times or there's a you know like you know there's obviously obviously very sort of rarely injuries in the sport but but um everyone really comes together don't they, they? Do. on mm -hmm. those occasions and and that for me really shows um you know this the side of the sport that i love you know it's yeah a, it's, a, it's a family even when two fighters have a cracking fight at the end of the fight i like to see them you know mm. shake hands and they always cuddle each other yeah cuddle. kissing a cuddle and uh <laughs> and that for me is a really important part of the sport you know it's mm. uh yeah, it's, uh, the human it's side is yeah, it's it's quite crazy. I mean, like, we do we do shows ourselves, don't we? We do those little like boxing with the star shows and stuff. And to give you another one, so you get people that are like celebrities. They they're in these reality shows and whatnot, and they hate each other. And it's like, yeah, I'm gonna do him, I'm gonna do him, and have this thing. And you find that once they fought. Like we had oh, two like Harvey friends, and Jack Fraser yeah, yeah. who hated each other, yeah. and they fought, and now they're like best mates. Mm. It's like it's, it, it, boxing really does bring people. I think you get that respect yeah. out of people, and I think that's a fascinating thing about the sport. Yeah. With, with that, you guys obviously I've just mentioned the podcast, but your relationship obviously a friendship, but mm. you started doing like you said the celebrity uh, events where people mm. can come and have a little bit of a bit white collar, bit for charity, yeah, bit of a knock for three rounds, and have a bit of a crack with it. Yeah, do you, yeah. do you find it a little bit weird? the types of people that maybe get in contact with you that say, 
right, lads, uh, is there is there any sp- sp- any Spurs on the bill? I fancy getting involved. Do, do you know what I found? I found that boxing at the moment with Anthony Joshua has really transformed the sport, and Eddie Hearn's done an amazing job with the sport, and it's become now an event, and they're doing it at football stadiums, and that's never been done before. And I think everybody at the moment they've got that in their bucket wish list that like, <laughs> everyone wants to have a fight, and so I think it's like we give them that opportunity. It doesn't matter how good or bad you are, because we've had some bad ones. Trust me, some real bad ones. But there's another bad one out there as well. We've had some good ones and some real good ones and there's other good ones out there. So I think it's just about, you know, they get to do what they want to do and it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Jake, you've done it yourself. That's how we first came together it really put in the show, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, I, I, yeah, I love, as I say, I've been in and around boxing my whole life and uh, I do all the boxing training. And then about two years ago, I said, Spencer, I don't know why, I was on a break from EastEnders and, and obviously when I'm contracted to the BBC, I can't do any uh, contact sports or anything like that. Um, so, but I was on a, on, a, on a break. So I said to Spencer, yeah, let, I'd love to have a fight. I'd lo- love to get in the ring. <laughs> as you do. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. Um, no, I love a challenge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a challenge. Don't worry about that. I've got a good challenge. Um, and I think it's the ultimate test, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's like you get in there and it doesn't matter who you are or who you've got in your corner. Basically, it's you against the other guy in the ring, isn't it? Mm. So it's, uh, but the, it's weird, the loneliest place in I, the world, I think. I found the well, it wasn't a weird thing. I think like Jake said to me, look, I want to have a fight, but I want to have a fight because you can go and pick somebody who's like, you know, he's Jake Wood, he's Max Branning in East End. Yeah. Everyone's going there and like, so they all, it's even more pressure because people are looking at him more than they're yeah. looking at... He boxed a guy that was a normal guy, had a normal five to, uh, nine to five job. So this guy is now like, I'm boxing Max Branding. This That's is a it. big opportunity for me. And so there's a lot of pressure on Jake's shoulders, but Jake wanted to have a hard contest. He went, I don't want it easy. So there was a guy in our gym, Adrian Pinder, um, who was quite a unit, actually, wasn't he? He was quite a big guy. Yeah, he was. He and was. Um, Jake sparred him and... Batted him and then went out. That'll do. Like when he started puffing out, and the bloke was like, "I really want to get him back." And Jake was like, "I went. Do you want to make that fight?" And he went, "Yeah." But I always knew this was going to be a difficult fight, and he wanted to go through the layers of what a fighter goes through in a twelve-round fight. And so he's sort of like, you know, what you didn't have it all your own way, and it was a tough fight, weren't it? And they ended up with yeah. a draw, and and he went through all the layers of a fighter, and I think it's made him understand the sport even more and yeah. what it takes to get in there. So I think it's, it's probably the best thing you've done in terms of. Um, your involvement giving in boxing. Insight. I think yeah, so, yeah. Giving, giving I mean, an insight. One of the, the one of the things that most surprised me, we had Kevin Mitchell there, yeah. Euro- European champion, and then um, he, he, we were talking about it in the ring afterwards and he was asking me, how did it go? How did you, how did you find it? I said, to be honest, Kevin, I said, that is one of the most scariest things that yeah. I think I've ever done. You know, like the, the build-up, the, the ring walk, you got all your friends there, and my wife there, it's, a, it's so much pressure. Mm. And, uh, and he turned around, Kevin turned around and said, I never had a fight in my whole life when I wasn't terrified. Now, this is a uh, European champion, you know, mm. like from, from a punter's point of view, you see these guys coming into the ring and they're, they're, they're warriors, aren't they? They're fearless warriors and they're going in there, they're going into the ring to, you know, to have a battle. And that's what we love about boxers. You know, we, we, we admire them and we look up to them and, um, yeah, they are, they're warriors, you know. But, it is, but when it you get behind it, you yeah. get the human side of it. It isn't um, normal, though, is it? I mean, if you think about it. It's a very it, tough job. When it used to go off in the schoolyard, it went off, right? Or when it goes off in the boozer, it goes off. You're talking about planning a fight for 12 yeah. months. You, yeah. you, 12 weeks, should I say. You, you're living with it. You're thinking about it. And then I find that a weird scenario. Yeah, well, that's one of the main things I've found hard to get motivated for because you're facing off in someone in the ring that essentially you haven't got a problem with. 
<laughs> he's an all right lad. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he so, was. He was a nice guy. <laughs> he was a lovely so, guy. He's not cracked me up about it. Like, so it's hard to, hard to, hard to get yourself in the in the mood. You know what I mean? But, so, what, uh, but what cracked me up about it was when you haven't done anything to me. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, but when reality kicked in, Jake was like, as soon as you get punched in the face, it yeah, changes, yeah. It changes. But when reality kicked in, you was like. I'm waking up thinking about this geezer and I'm going to bed thinking about this geezer and he's got to go into EastEnders, do all his lines and do yeah. whatever he went. And the guy keeps popping in my head. It's like an insane thing. And mm. like, I think when you're, when you're getting closer to a fight, you start questioning yourself, why am I really doing mm. this? What mm. is like, when the, when you've actually done it, I think it's just the biggest reward ever because it's like, it's a real gladiator thing to yeah. do, isn't it? Yeah, it's a real bucket list stuff, yeah. what you said earlier. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really pleased that I've done it. It's a once in a lifetime thing. Mm. Mm. Um, I'd really, I'd recommend it. It's, it's amazing. And what we do with Boxing with the Stars is, uh, you know, people train with Spencer, so they get the best training in the world. Then we've got the Sky uh, pundit. You know, we've got Adam Smith and Johnny Nelson doing the thing. We've got the cameras it's the full, there. Full experience. It's the full, yeah, as near as you're going to get to fighting live on Sky on a Saturday night. And uh, mm. yeah, you get the best training, the best, the best experience. So, mm. so the guys that we've had doing it, of yeah, everyone, it's just it's one of the best things they've ever done. Regarding the fitness levels of fighters. Because that is just something else. When mm-hmm. I, when when I did white like a charity thing, I, adrenaline dump after three minutes. I've gone. You, there. Oh, you're done. Yeah, three same, minutes. Same. I'm two abs- minutes. I was done. Gone. Yeah, yeah. And then I've got another two rounds to go. So absolutely. I've got another six minutes. You're just hanging on. Mm. Yeah, you don't realise, do you? No, it's because it's, it's the nerves, isn't it? You but you burn out. And, and I had exactly the same thing after the first round. I went back to the corner. And spent, <laughs> I said, I'm done. I don't know how I'm going to carry it, on. He did. And and then we got to the second <laughs> round. And so the second round, the guys started putting on Jake's. And now they're like sort of like. One round of yeah, but yeah. no, no, you you nick the second round. So now Jake's got his nose in front, and in the third round he's got to me. I'm done, and I went, Jake, you've got to get out there, mate. There's no, there's no way out of this. You've got to do it. <laughs> so he goes out, geezer puts a right hand on him, and out of sheer tiredness he goes over and and he gets up on one knee, and I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking he ain't getting up, and he's looking at me, and you know when you have that moment, yeah. and he's like, he thought I've got to get up, and he gets up, <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes back down again, then he pulls himself. I mean, it was just like as as far as like I was so proud because I just think right, he just pulled himself off yeah. the floor twice in a situation where he's gone, I cannot stay down That's here. It. But it was quite, that would have yeah. been the easy way out. I mean, I was it? really fit. I trained for probably three months, like proper intense training. Mm. Uh, but I think, yeah, was, I think it was fitness level. This guy, Adrian Pinder, was just a machine. And then and then actually afterwards, the guy that was in his corner said that if you see him in the gym, he trains like a pro. You know, he's, yeah. he's like, uh, this guy's serious. Uh, yeah, it was so, yeah, I, I was good task. for about a round and a half, two rounds, and then done. Yeah, done. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but you, you went through all the characteristics of what you need to go through to yeah. to get to that level. Because your easy way out would have been end of round two. He's hurt his <laughs> hand. Sorry, he's done. Yeah. I could have pulled I was ahead. Easy. I was yeah, ahead. Yeah, That's was, it. I'm out. I was winning, but I've done my Tennis hand. Tennis elbow. Like, yeah. <laughs> but he, he stuck it out, man. And it's like, uh, yeah, for me, I think that's just like... Yeah, and I, th- and I think impressive. you're right as well in terms of being uh, a boxing fan, which I am. You know, I'm essentially a huge boxing fan. It's just given me so much... Uh, insight into what the guys go yeah. through now and uh you know even on a very small scale i can appreciate what the boxers go through mm. in terms of the nerves in terms of what it's like in the build-up maybe and then yeah and then and then when you have hard, hard times in a fight you know i got knocked down twice in the third round i know what it's like to get on the canvas and mm. think oh shall i stay down there you know so uh, it's, uh, you have that one you have that moment don't oh, you do I mean, yeah been, straight away and that's the same feeling you get in a fight when the fight's really tough and you go down and you like you get up on one knee and you think i could easily mm. stay here now and i'm done I, I, I mean, I do think it is different if you're a professional boxer because obviously that's your, your yeah, that, that's your yeah, livelihood, isn't it? Yeah, yeah so I can't imagine going down and wanting to stay down 
yeah, if I was you, a pro. Yeah, but, it, um, the, thought, the thought does pop into your head, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the if you're thought, getting done, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thought does pop yeah, into your I head. Yeah, I can see that. Think, I can no, see I've got that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> your wife will kill me. I've got to pull myself yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But, but you do see boxers do that. They go, you know, they go down. The, the guy that fought Joe Joyce the other yeah, night. Yeah, uh, yeah. he took he a couple of clips. That, did no, he didn't fancy it. But there's three stones, weight different, and you could see that he was so much stronger. But obviously, yeah, he's there for a payday. Yeah, A little bit Tyson Fury thing as well, wasn't it, with... With Safari, and you can see after the. Well, to be fancy fair, Safari was like my size, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> bigger than you. So now, the were, thing that made me laugh was Safari <laughs> was the smallest man in his corner. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? People that don't know me, I'm five foot four on a good day. <laughs> and that was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. there was five stones difference between you, them, wasn't there? You pointed out to me. Yeah, didn't if you, you had him in the lineup, you'd, you'd have him against. You'd have Fury against his cutsman. Yeah, he was yeah. like he was about two foot taller than Safari. <laughs> oh, like, crazy! But you can see what. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe a different situation. He's there just to get payday get get his money and uh, yeah didn't fancy it well I found it very weird that when they went to the middle the opening round when they was doing the the old referee was giving the instructions yeah Fury kissed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the lips. And then he smiled back at him. Yeah. And I went, well, this is, just don't seem right. And then yeah. the, the little guy started doing an alley shuffle. Fury, <laughs> then they both in the second round started watching a fight in the crowd. I've, I've never seen, it was it was bizarre. Pantomime. Uh, pantomime. It was a bit pantomime. Yeah, it was. It may be a bit too much. Mm. But um, I'll be interested yeah, the to ref, see it. the ref had a stern mm. word with him, didn't he, after the Yeah, the, the third but I'll be interested. I think he answered a few questions that we... Now realise that Tyson Fury's still got a long way to go yeah. before he reaches that level again. But I think it'd be interesting to see. It's good to have him back, if I'm honest, because he's a character yeah. that we need in the sport, and it just you know it just adds another big name to the boxed, um, heavyweight boxing. Well, I think, scene yeah, I think I think that's right. I think he's such a character. He's one of my favourite boxers, mm. and uh, you know I think on his day, if you look where he was two and a half years ago when he fought Klitschko, for me, best heavyweight in the world. Mm. Now, now, yeah, obviously, you know after after that fight against Safari, you can see, he's, yeah, he's got a long way to go, but. You know, I don't mind that that he's got to start slowly. I think it's I think it is going to take three or four fights before he fights anyone of of, of any stature. You yeah, know, absolutely. even even uh, you know. So I, th- I think it has got to be a slow process because yeah, he's had the well, we spoke three, three him, years out of the ring. Yeah, we spoke to him and he and he understands that as well. It's yeah. not like he's delusional with the whole situation. He understands that he needs mm. needs time as well. But yeah, it's good, man. It's good that he's but back. I think the only thing is is whether the expectations of the public there. Yeah, and the public. I think that's now been quashed now after last weekend. I think people kind of understand where he's at. Yeah, yeah. they kind of understand where that's at. Yeah. Uh, do stick with us. We're going to carry on this conversation about heavyweights next uh, because Dillian White's got himself a little knock. We uh, Joseph Parker, so we'll get stuck into it. Jack Wood and uh, Spencer Oliver with us uh, on the show. You listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Uh, you listen to Fight Night. On Talk Sports with me, Adam Catterall. Gareth there Davis will be joining us a little bit later on. He's in America at the moment on his, uh, on his holidays, enjoying himself. Uh, hopefully catching up with Deontay Wilder in the not-too-distant future. Uh, which leads us on nicely to talk about heavyweights in the studio with us. Not two heavyweights. Don't, don't, I'm not putting you in that bracket, gentlemen. I apologise for that. Uh, Spencer Oliver and uh, Jack Wood. But we are talking heavyweights because the fight's been uh, made this week, which I'm quite excited about. Uh, between Dillian White uh, and Joseph Parker, former WBO champion. And a lot's been uh, going back and forth on, on social media regarding this fight about people being upset about it being pay-per-view, right? So the first question, forget the fight, first question for you two gentlemen is this. What constitutes pay-per-view in your eyes? Where I'm at, it's a narrative connected to the story. It doesn't necessarily have to be the greatest fighters in the world, mm-hmm. but it's maybe what it is leading to. Obviously, these two guys have got a connection to Anthony Joshua, the, the crown jewel in the heavyweight division. So I'm all right with it being pay-per-view. I don't know where you guys are at. 
I'm really all right with it being paid view if I'm honest because I think one it's a great fight stylistically both these guys are going to put on a great show because they both love to come forward they, mm. and they both love to have a fight so I think that, yeah it's going to be great and I think Eddie Hearn has put on a brilliant undercard as well and I think that that's the key to making a good pay-per-view because a lot of pay-per-views that we've seen in the past have a good main event yeah and if that turns out bad, because sometimes on the paper it looks like it's a good fight and sometimes it can be boring. And if that turns out bad, then it's a terrible undercard. But this, in, in this instance, is a great undercard as well, isn't there? Yeah, I think you're right. I think Spencer's right. I think um, sometimes, yeah, the, you know, you get maybe sometimes... Yeah, I mean, this for me, main event on its own, probably not pay per view. But I think given the undercard, yeah. there's some great fights. Chisora Takam, Conor Ben. Um, Just on that. Pay not. That's a great fight, isn't it? Chisora Takam. After what Takam. It's a good fight. I mean, Stylistically, it, yeah, it's yeah. going to be a good fight. They both come forward, don't they? Like yeah, yeah. tear up. Uh, That's what I'm saying. You've got two heavyweight fights there that stylistically mm. could be. Fights of the year. year. Yeah, they could, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's worthy of a pay per view. If you're a boxing fan, it's worthy of the pay per view. Status, mm. I really do, because I mean, Jazora is in a last case situation. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that he needs to, and he knows he needs to win. Takam's the same. Mm-hmm. If the loser out of that two is out of the picture, mm. the winner's still got a chance. He's boxing there. Parker and um, Dillian White are both in the same situation. A win gives him another crack. So you're going to get. I think. I think if Parker wins, I don't think anyone's going to be calling for the rematch with AJ. There's not a fight. That Depends I would how ne- he wins. You no, think? but I think if, no, if he's not, devastating, I don't yeah. think so. No, I no. But if Parker even then, wins, I don't think that's a fight that I would. I don't he, think that's a fight that the public would call for. Mm. No, but if Parker wins, um, Dillian White is WBC number one ranked fighter. So if Parker wins, he nicks that status. So all mm. he's got to do, if he wants, is sit on the sidelines and wait sure. until the mandatory is in, in 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 place. So mm. there is a lot on the line for it because. Yeah, but I think there's more on the line for Dillian. I think if if Dillian loses, then it's going to be. Oh, know, he's lost the gonna, WBC. Yeah. He's put. A, and I think it's going to be fair, harder for, to see how he comes back. So in his last couple of fights, Dillian's pressure, pressure been putting fight, his neck on the line. He deserves yeah, yeah. a crack because yeah. out of all of them, he's just like he will accept a fight with anyone. That's and it. I, I respect that absolutely. And like, on that as well, like you just mentioned, he's the WBC number one. Mm. He could comfortably just sit, chill. For That's a bit what I'm saying. And wait. And he doesn't have to take this knock. No, and he's not boxing just any old pushovers. He's boxing That's people where you fight, go, isn't it, they're 50, 50 fights. Mm. I mean, Parker is a serious threat and yeah. he's going to be wanting to get back in the mix, which makes him even more serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a real, you've got to take your hats off to Dillian White and I hope he comes through and gets his char- gets his shot because out of all the heavyweights out there, I think he's gone down the hard route mm. and, he's, and, he, and he's fought anyone that's put in front of him. And for that alone, I think he deserves the shot. Mm. And as well as that, since the AJ fight, we know we all know what happened in that AJ fight. Mm. But since then, he's gone away. He's worked hard. He's taken himself out of his comfort zone. He's up in Loughborough doing his graft, isn't he? He's mm. had his shoulder done, and he seems to be getting the grasp of actual boxing fundamentals. He used to be mm. a fighter, you know mm. what I mean? A geezer that could do it on the street. Mm. Now he's got some ring smarts about him. The way that he went about Lucas Brown. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Lucas Brown's elite in any way, shape, or form. But the way he went about him, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he he took set, him apart. He set he? up those shots. He didn't yeah. just throw them. He set them up. Lovely jabs distance kept it beautiful mm. and then all of a sudden when the opportunity was there he took him out and he took mm. him out devastating didn't he yeah it was one of the best knockouts I've seen for a long time and, and you're right Adam it was he systematically broke him down the distance was right the timing was right everything all the fundamentals of a good boxer were there and in place which we haven't seen in the past like when he boxed yeah. AJ the first time you know when he's coming through he's always been a little bit disjointed but he seems to be getting it together and that makes him a real threat of the heavyweight yeah, division yeah but mind you haven't said that we were lucky enough to see Lucas Brown 
round um, sparring, weren't we, in the, mm. in the gym in the build-up to the fight. And I think that spar was about 10 days before the fight, wasn't yeah. it? He looked terrible. Mm. I have he to did. say, he looked, he looked uh, he very slow. I mean, uh, I think in retrospect, they were saying that he was jet-lagged and he'd only been in the country for like two days or something. Mm. But uh, I was really worried for him after that spar. I, I, I just, he looked sluggish, slow. He was off the so pace. So easy wasn't to he? hit as well, So, um, although it was a great performance, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not of sure. Where he's at on the world level. Yeah, we'll, I guess we'll find out after Parker because I think, I think you're right, Spencer Parker is a stiffer test. Oh, Parker's like, yeah, he, Parker's definitely top five out there at the mm. moment. And, and he's young enough to, and he may learn from that defeat against AJ. And it was no shame in the loss. He lost on points. You know, he'd give it a go. I think the referee was the big problem in that contest. Yeah. The referee was breaking them up when they weren't even close together. So the referee spoiled the fight. Otherwise, we may have seen, we're not saying we'd have seen a different outcome, but we may have seen a different fight. Yeah, I think so Parker I think, could have done more in that fight, couldn't he? He, sort yeah. of, uh, he never got going for me in that, no. in that fight. He just sort of, uh, mm. sort of hit one pace, didn't he, at the, at the beginning? I think and, that, and then sort of never, never... I think that was down to the ref, though. Yeah. I think the ref, like, because a couple of times when Parker rolled He needed the dice. to be inside, didn't he? He needed to get inside. Yeah, that, that was the way he was going to get to him, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he rolled the dice, Stop the referee went, break. It was like, Giuseppe, wasn't it? The Italian ref. Yeah, Giuseppe. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Ah, well, well Slop, remembered, sloppy mate. Giuseppe. <laughs> little Giuseppe. <laughs> it was nice. Very sloppy performance. Yeah, sloppy Yeah, it was a weird choice of ref, wasn't it? Mm. You're right. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But regarding the actual styles, styles do make fights. Mm. You know that these kids, they're going to stand in the middle of the ring and they're going to have a do with each other. They will lock horns at some point and I reckon that'll be as early as two or three. I agree. I, I totally, you know, because Dillian White wants to go, they both need, it's not about winning this fight, it's about looking good in doing it. I think when you're at that level. It's a statement maker, and, isn't it? It's a statement yeah, maker, yeah. that's exactly it, Adam. And I think that they both need a big performance and that, you know, I think it gives you all the motivation you need. Yeah, it? absolutely. Mm. Regarding the other fight that everybody seems to be talking about in the heavyweight division at the moment between AJ Wilder, is it on? Is it off? Is it on? Is it off? Are it's, they making it? Where, I, where I, I think I think it's on, but not yet. Mm. I think that you Wilder, reckon there's one in between? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Is that not dangerous though? Because if you think about it, Povetkin's no mug. Funny, we were, yeah, we're talking, talking about that on the yeah, way up. We were talking we? about yeah. that on Pavetkin's, the way up. Uh, yeah, he's a good fighter. He could, he's, uh, he could, he could really cause Asia. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a potential banana a skin, definitely, definitely. I think that. You know, I think just speaking to uh, speaking to certain people, I think that the fight with Wilder will happen, but I think that they need to make it like next spring, yeah. like Wembley Stadium. I think that they need to ideally. I think that maybe Wilder fights on the same night as Joshua Wilder in the states against a big name, Joshua against Povetkin over here. Maybe September, October yeah. time. I think the September might be difficult now because they've talked about Canelo Triple G is now September the fifteenth. Yeah, September the fifteenth. I think that's when yeah. Joshua was going to fight. So I don't know where that leaves Joshua I now. Don't think I think they'll want to do that on the same night. No, would they, to be it, fair. It, it would maybe sort of move the dates around. So if we see, say, Joshua in October in a big fight. I just think it makes sense because I think Wilder, Joshua, it's too soon to do it this year mm. because you need the momentum building for the to catch the public imagination. I mean, all us boxing fans want it. Of course we do. Mm. I think AJ wants it. Wilder wants it. Yeah. They want it, but I think it's all about timing. I think mm. that's um, that's really important in this in this situation with this, which is obviously the biggest fight on the planet at the moment. Mm. It's a worldwide media tour, that, isn't yeah. it? You know what I mean? To capture the imagination. Like you just said, of that casual fan in America where the big pay-per-view money is, because I'm sure that they'll put it on pay-per-view, mm, even yeah. if it's in the early hours of the morning in the States. Yeah, they need course. to capture their imagination, don't they? Yeah, that's it. Mm, you're probably right, thinking springtime. Oh, because they like to, to have it's, a proper oh, it's, it's got to be Wembley, isn't it, I think, as well. Yeah, Wembley, yeah. Wembley Stadium, springtime. I mean. Awesome. Yeah, it, makes, it makes sense. End of April sort of time. 
you know, let, let them both have good fights now. It builds the momentum mm, of the fight. Nice. They can go and do, like you say, the worldwide tour. Everyone's happy. And then you've captured that mm. imagination where you get the, the guy that don't really watch boxing walking down the street going, I can't wait to see yeah, that fight. That will be. That will catch and, everyone's and imagination. And you can't do that if the fight happens in September, October. Yeah. I mean, everyone's on summer holidays, isn't they? They go away and they come mm. back to fights on. So yeah, you, yeah. You, it's not a fight of that magnitude needs to be built. I just hope that there isn't that banana skin because for me, I kind of get excited about having an undisputed champion. Mm. We haven't had one since Lennox, have we really? And no. We haven't had one with all four belts. So I'm yeah. kind of getting excited about that. I just yeah, what that... an achievement that will be. Oh, yeah, tremendous. If, if AJ comes through that. In, in the modern no. world, we just don't get it because politics just get, keeps getting in the way of everything. Yeah. And, and I think also the beauty of that fight is who wins. We really don't know. And I mean, I'm a, yeah, yeah. I'm a boxing man and I speak to any other guy that's in the boxing world. Is it a gun, and, is it a gun show for you? I think that definitely it's a gun right. show because you've got two heavy Because AJ approached the Josie Parker fight differently, didn't he? Yeah, yeah AJ... no, I see. I think I, I disagree. I think I think he set the blueprint for the Wilder fight. For the fight. Wilder fight. Yeah. Right. Versus yeah. Parker. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think trouble... if he does beat him, if he gets into a gunfight with him, he's in trouble. Mm. Yeah, but the trouble um, is... I think I he's, don't... Got to, he's, got to, he's got to use his jab and... Uh, mm. Yeah, he's got to, he's got to I, jab I totally him agree that that's the way that he has to do it, mm. but the problem you've got with Wilder <laughs> is... He's wild. Yeah, yeah. He's wild. And not only is he wild, he's quick. And not only is he quick he wants to have a fight oh he's so unorthodox those, as well isn't he those those big punches he throws from like it's like he's Wind bowling uh, like Wind cricket yeah, yeah bowling a cricket ball it's like pub fighting isn't he so Listen, I don't know, you, I don't know how you can defend that sort of uh, that, that style and, and yeah. what we saw against Luis Ortiz he can take a dig man he can That's take a dig if you catch him clean he can, he can stand it yeah I'm even more excited. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it is a gun show because that would be something. That's, it, well, what, it, that's it, what we want listen, from heavyweights. We want a gun two show. Big head punching heavyweights who are young, fresh, undefeated. It will be. It won't be. Oh, a, at some point, it will kick off. Th- it? it will kick it's off. It's gonna. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. As soon as, as, soon as one of them gets tagged, yeah. they're getting rocked. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, they're both getting because rocked. Seen yeah, them, they both can get rocked. We've seen yeah, the vulnerability yeah, yeah. of them. Double knockout. Rocket, Rocky Apollo 3. I'm going for a double knockout. <laughs> Adam, you just set that up beautifully. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, do stick with you as you're listening to a Fight Night on TalkSport with the boys from the Pound for Pound podcast. Uh, we've got quite a lot to get through. We're obviously going to be speaking about David Hay and his retirement. We will talk about uh, Canelo Triple G Part 2 as well. And Gareth A. Davis will be with us from America a little bit later on in the show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Don't go anywhere. 
Kickboxing Hall of Fame. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall, the boys from the Pound for Pound podcast are with us, Spencer Oliver and Jake Wood. Now, each week, gentlemen, we have uh, a feature on the show called the Hall of Fame. Spencer's been dumped into it, obviously, from, <laughs> it. from previous times of him being on the show. Yeah. Uh, so today, with us uh, talking uh, about David Hay in around about 15 minutes' time, I'm going to tell you the biggest thing that I'm going to miss of the modern David Hay, right? Mm-hmm. The old David Hay, where I'm, I'm going to miss what he was back in the 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. right? The new David Hay in the ring, not necessarily too much, but this is what I'm going to miss the most about him. The ring walk. Because let's be straight, his ring walk, we ain't no stopping us now, was a t- was a s- was something of beauty, wasn't it? It was tremendous. Oh, it was beautiful. It was it was uh, as soon as so there's a um, his last fight against Tony yeah. Benu. Like I th- I've got to admit, I think the best thing about it was the David Hay ring walk. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best thing about the fight. I think that he Apart went from in there. The Tony's no, knockout. No, Tony's, Tony's knockout. knockout. No, Tony, no, I enjoyed the fight. Tony, yeah, Tony. Fight. Yeah, but I was, I'm saying the from, ring walk yeah. was because I think the expectations. Now we done this. We had him on our podcast, didn't we? Yeah. Um. After straight after the walk weigh in, he was walking to the tube station, and he come on our podcast yeah. saying. And do you know what David Hay's great at? He yeah. was great at selling himself, weren't he? He was great at that. And he was like, forget what he had achieved in the ring as two-weight world champion, all that. He, in, he, in he talked you around again, didn't he? he? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So he's gone, Spence, my hip foot's healed. <laughs> I'm bouncing about. And I'm so feeling I'm great. Feeling great. So I've Best come up. shape I've been in in my life. <laughs> so I come out of there again. I went, Jake, he's done me. I think he's got a chance here. <laughs> and it was evident when, when the first bell went that he was clearly yeah. still a problem with his foot. Yeah. And the fight unfolded as it did. And yes, Bellew did systematically break him down and box beautifully. But Hay was a shadow of his former self. Mm. But what we, what I'm saying is, on the build-up to that, when the ain't no stuff in the snare. How good is it? Doing that, How good is that? The build-up, me and Johnny Nelson, at the no, front and we yeah. were like absolutely rocking and I was like sort of half bought into it this could be a real fight it was evident as soon as the first bell went yeah. Jake didn't buy it at all he no. was like no I'm not buying it it's like... even the ring walk yeah if not for me not oh, for is me. it not for you that one no he was dead man walking as yeah but we got it ain't no stopping me now never mind all that it's like uh, no I mean oh. I think Spencer put like he said it you know he's he's always been great and he? he's always talked yeah. a great fight for me he had no chance coming into the, into that last mm. Tony Bellew fight he was done I think he's been done for you know like He's been know, done a couple of years, yeah. in, in my in my opinion, anyway. So um, well, but, well, yeah, so never mind the ring walk. Okay, we'll just... talk, we'll talk him in a minute, right? But the ring walks itself, because there's something quite theatric about it, isn't it? This mm. is showbiz at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, it's the entertainment business. But I think you have to be able to back it up. That's now, it. Now, in my mind, he had no chance in that fight. Okay, so, so never mind all that. So, for example, in the nineties, when I'm then, not dancing around with him. All right, then. <laughs> so, <laughs> when, so when Eubank used to come in, to so simply the, classic, the best. The oh no, that's the one. Right, and Naz used to come in and Naz, do his yeah, thing. Yeah, but he could back it up. You yeah, knew, right. knew he was going to okay. smash him up. You've got to be able to talk, got, talk yeah, out yeah, I the think so. Right. Yeah, but, okay. but, no, look at George Groves um, on uh, the second fight with with Eubank Junior. No, 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 George Groves Froch. Froch, yes, at Wembley Stadium. He came out in a double decker bus, didn't he, and all that. Took about twenty minutes to get in the. <laughs> yeah, now, unless you win the fight, yeah, yeah, for yeah. me, you look back at it now, you go, oh, it doesn't look too See, good. See, I'm the other way. I'm, <laughs> I'm the other way, as in, I love a good ring wall, even yeah. if the fight is oh, like, yeah. so no, like, go on, go Kel Brook. Brilliant. All of the lights. Over the lights. Beautiful. Like, it's the music that gets yeah. you going. I'm with you. And, and do you I know what I'm saying? At a certain point, I think you have to, you have to do a little bit and then you have to get in the ring. 
I used to like Tyson. You know what I mean? He used to no come music. in. No music. No music. No music. Running straight in. Don't muck about. Click his neck. And then it. You know what I mean? You used to have a, just to cut a hole out of a Beautiful. towel. That's yeah. it. That's Throw perfect. Over his head and then he was, That's it. No mucking about. <laughs> and like the AJ ones now, they're like full on productions, aren't that's they? It. I mean, yeah, come on. Like, I know the crowd love it and all that. Not for me. That's too, that's, I'm all about again, the song. <laughs> I'm all about right. the song. I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to put this down to two things. Right? I reckon that you used to be a WWE fan, right, Spencer? Bit, bit similar to me when we were kids. He, wa- he wasn't into it whatsoever. So when the Ultimate Warrior music no, come Tyson. on, or the Hulk Hogan music come on, we were in there, weren't we? <laughs> we were there. It's all about the theatre. Come on, man. No, Jay. I'm the Tyson. I'm the Tyson. Run to the wing, no, ring, done. No music. Get yeah, in. Start get fighting. In clear off. That's it. Clear off. Do you talking in the ring? I'm loving, no, I'm I'm loving people to be able coming to back in on up. flying carpets. That's and I'm loving it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm all about the carpets and the music, mate. Flipping yeah. over the top, yeah, rip, all top that. rope and all that. Yeah. I mean, no, one of my favourites used to be Barry McGuigan. Do you remember yeah, you yeah, yeah. his dad singing Danny Boy? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That I mean. was classic. I that mean, was beautiful, that's wasn't it? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but that's... Uh, you know what I mean? Heartfelt, family. Oh, come on. I'm not even Irish, but even now I was like, oh, buzzing now. You know what I mean? I feel like, oh, yeah, I want to be Irish after that. That for me is lovely. But yeah. I, th- I think if it, it's a fine line, isn't it? I think it's a fine so line. So where me. were you at then with Naz? When Naz, when, oh, Naz all day long. When Naz is taking all day to get in the ring against oh, Kevin he, Kelly. He can take as long as he wants. he's taking 20 minutes in the ring. <laughs> and he's knocking all them tombstones yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, but you know when he gets in the ring, there's going to be fireworks. Yeah. So for me, I don't mind. Yeah. I'm happy waiting. Yeah, you take your time. You know what I mean? So, get, get so basically, you, you are all about the end product. I don't want to see be the all end product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't give it all of that yeah. and then go in there and go out after three That's it. If you're going to give me the foreplay, you've got to give me the end product. Yeah, you've got to back it up. I like a bit of foreplay <laughs> You're all right there. Just stop there. That's yeah, fine. Have, so, uh, yeah. have you ever seen the ring war of a fighter called Uzi Usman? Have you ever seen that one? Well, no. I'm going to tell you a story about that before Do it. you even go. Go for it. Ashley <laughs> Sexton. Ashley Sexton was trained by my dad. No way. On my way. Right. Yeah. Okay. Go on. So Uzi Usman yeah. comes yeah. in. Big gold chain. Oh yeah. When I say big, I mean huge. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's this little <laughs> little Indian kid and he's cutting and when I say dancing, <laughs> Jake, he was, he was like, putting on a concert. He was wasn't like it? putting on a concert. <laughs> he's worn himself out. Oh, he's, he's giving it a big and he's gone up to Ashley and all that. We're talking we're talking a good ten out? minutes. 10, maybe 15 minutes. Biggest ring walk, bigger than Naz's. What happened in the fight? He got knocked out. He didn't just get knocked out. <laughs> I think he still might be there. <laughs> it was that bad. He didn't just get knocked out. It We're was talking a, within a minute. Within a minute, mm, the geezer gets hit oh, on the God. chin. That's what, exactly what I'm talking about. I think, you know, you it have was to be bad very though, careful, didn't you? It was bad. So anyone that yeah, hasn't seen that, Uzi Usman, Ashley Sexton, YouTube, he's had well over a million views. Get on there, look at it. And if you want to, you know, if yeah. you're in a bad mood, you know, you're having a bad day. <laughs> Honestly, check it out. Even the tune's brilliant. Shake it down low. Yeah, shake it down low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go check that out. Have you not seen it? <laughs> no, well, you got to watch it on the way back. We're looking oh, at yeah, it. It's we'll so funny. But listen, that for me was hey. Like, hey, coming in, I was like, I don't buy any of this. I'm, you know, he's dancing. Have you just compared music. a cruiserweight uh, unified champion to Ozzy Usman? <laughs> in a way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have now. Look, he's retired. We can say what we like. Yeah. No, I mean, yes. I just. I'm all about. I love the ring walks and all that. And, yeah. and, and you're right. To the certain, there's there's two sides of two sides of a coin in there. And I think that sometimes, yeah, you want to see the end product. For me, I love the ring walks, and it gets you, you know, the hair standing on the back yeah. of your neck. The theatre. 
at the end of the theatre. But then when you get a fight that goes with it, oh, that's yeah, why yeah. I think the old, that's what the love for the sport, why I can't ever get away from it, I think. It's just because, like, you, there's no higher buzz than that. Yeah. I yeah. think when you see something and you see a classic fight unfolding in front of your eyes, that, is, that for me is unbelievable. And I think what Eddie Hearn's doing now is he's putting these fights together. Like he's putting mm. all these young guns, like we saw a Coley Chamberlain that didn't really happen. And the yeah. other day we see a Coley and Watkins. What I'm saying is he's putting these kids in now that are 12 unbeaten, 10 unbeaten. Mm. Um, well, the Bellotti fight, for example, is a prime example, isn't it? I mean, what a great knock. What, great uh, fight. That's mm. what I'm saying. Bellotti yeah, yeah. goes in there, undefeated fighter, 12 fights, yeah, 12 wins, fight, 11 knockouts. Yeah. Against Ryan Doyle, mm. who you thought, right, Ryan Doyle's, yeah. you know, he's in for a hard night here, Doyle. And Doyle stuck it in, he was like determined to win, and he won. And it's Even just like. Even from like the second round, you can see, but yeah, he was getting caught when well, he was, he was coming there, in. Yeah, we? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was just like, um, it, it was just, yeah, he's putting those fights on now. And what he does is it gives these chance a kid, uh, gives these kids a chance to bounce back. Yeah. Because they've been beat early in their career, they learn from it and come mm. back stronger. I think that's Whereas the right thing, you, isn't it? Putting it back in to, your call, sort of thing. You used yeah. to, Burn it, burn it, burn it, burn it, and put the fight off, put the fight off. And a classic example of that is Kel Brook Amir Khan. Yeah. They could have made that fight three or four years ago, and it would have been stadium. Yeah, now, yeah. when they put it off, Kel Brook's been beat a couple of times, Khan's been knocked out a couple of times, and the fight it's is not the same. Yeah, now, yeah. now you're going to put it in the O2, whereas mm. you could have sold that at Wembley. Mm. So what I'm saying is Eddie's now sort of like putting these fights on. Yeah. And it's making the sport. Yeah, so, yeah. Because we're getting so many... I mean, week in, week out, we're doing the podcast, isn't we? And we're going, I don't know who's going to win this. Yeah. And I'm starting to get to a stage that's now... That's good. Right? That's what we want. That's we want what, competition, that's what don't we? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so I think that that's really healthy to the sport. And I think that's why it's sort of turned a corner. Mm. Yeah. And regarding that, I mean... Nobody complained when George Groves and James DeGale fought each other at the time that they fought. I mean, look at that no, fight. It was yeah, absolutely no, tremendous. I think it's good for young fighters example. as well to fight each other early. And we probably want to watch uh, it again, don't we? Yeah, but look where they've gone now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the funny thing about it is now, if you watched it again, mm. I think where they're at now, like James DeGale went on and won a world title, didn't they? George was chasing it, chasing it, chasing it. Now George has won that world title. And for me, I think if it, if it went off again now... Mm. I go George Groves is a massive favourite. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That. I mean, even now, the the most recent example was probably a Coley Chamberlain, wasn't it? And although that was a stinker of a fight, I think they'll, they'll, you know, Chamberlain will come back. And yeah, who knows? You might want to see that fight in five, six, Absolute, seven years' totally time. Agree. You know what I mean? It might turn around again. But I think, I think, I think yeah, I don't, big, I don't big mind one. these fighters fighting yeah, each other uh, early on. I think it's good. I think it's mm. good for the sport. The big problem with that one was probably that it was at the O2. If you put so, that on yeah. at your call, yeah, yeah, everybody's yeah. like, yeah. But well, I think that's why it's wise now taking a Coley back to the next gen show. As soon as they announced that, back at York Hall I said to Spencer that is exactly the right thing to do with him mm. take him back to Grand Roots he's a young fighter he's still learning isn't he and uh, yeah. yeah it's just too much pressure maybe yeah. that, that fight there so yeah you can build them again I love those next gen shows anyway they're sort of well, you know well, for me I love... not too much pressure on them is there it's just no, gone yeah, perform just, yeah. I mean, if you go from the O2 to York Hall there should be no nerves yeah, yeah. You, you come back in out and you're back in your front room aren't you again yeah, yeah. You know, essentially. well I so, think he uh, does yeah. he puts on those fights at the, uh, them next gen shows um, he put us on. They, they they put them fights on, and they're all fifty. On, look down the card. Yeah, they're all great 50s. fights. Yeah. I love those fights better than the big shows. Yeah, well, you're really well contested. Yeah, you used to be able to go to boxing shows and go right. Blue corners won this one. Red corners and there's yeah, ten fights yeah. on, mm -hmm. and you could tell exactly. But now you're going like yeah, even that so, Bellotti Doyle fight. Well, yeah, you had so, Bellotti straight away, didn't you? Yeah, like, Bellotti straight away. Down, but as soon as the fight starts, you go, hang on a minute. Straight after round one, I said to you, didn't I? I think he's going to get yeah, done. Yeah, he's going to get done. And that's sort of like, and that's what I'm loving about the sport at the moment. I mean, it's not sometimes good for me as a pundit when I'm getting them wrong. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to talk about that too much. 
As long as, long as they still invite you to come and do it, mate, that's fine, isn't it? It's been worrying. <laughs> uh, we touched upon, obviously, uh, David Hay and his retirement. Uh, we are going to talk about his career next. Make sure you stick around. You're listening to TalkSport. This is Fight Night. Fight Night on TalkSport 2. This is Fight Night with me, Adam Catterall, Jake Williams, Spencer Oliver with me in the studio. Uh, and a couple of moments ago, we did allude to the fact that David Hay has uh, retired. He announced it this week. I don't think it's any surprise to any of us who's been following uh, the recent career. Um, but what I wanted to do is kind of pay a little bit of tribute to the full career, rather than the last six fights, let's say, the the whole shebang of what David Hay uh, achieved to unify the cruiserweight division, to go on to become the heavyweight champion. He's alongside Evander Holyfield, and that says it all for me. Mm. There's only two guys that have ever done that. He's one. Evander Holyfield's the other. I just, I just hope that the new uh, wave of boxing fan that has come to this sport over the last six years, since the boom of AJ, mm. since the Olympics, doesn't look at David Hay and think, he didn't do anything. Mm. Because pre-AJ, pre-2012, he was absolutely sensational in that cruiserweight division, wasn't he? Absolutely. Mm. You know, he went to win the world title against he, Sean uh, Mormack, wasn't Mormack. it? Yeah, Mormack. John Mike Mormack in, yeah. uh, in France. In he went France. away to France to do that. He yeah. went away to France, a big underdog, won the world title, won it classically, picked himself off the floor in that yes, fight did, as well. Yeah. To win that one, moves up to heavyweight, boxes the tallest and heaviest heavyweight of all time in um, Nicolas Valuev. Um, wins that world title in, 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 in what looked like a freak show at the time. I've got to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it looks like, you know, me yeah, boxing. How tall was that kid? About seven foot. Seven foot two, I think wow. he was. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so, and, and he'd done that. And I think at that time, around he rocked, that. He rocked him as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. I think at that time and around that time, I spoke to Adam Booth about this as well. For those eight or nine months around the time when he boxed. Um, not just Valuev, but he boxed the Irish, um, not the Irish guy, the Welsh guy as well. What's his name? Macronelli. And Chisora. And Chisora. But even before Chisora, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. when he boxed Macronelli and Valuev mm. and all that, around that time, he, to me, was um, one one of the best fighters on the planet. Mm. And I think people forget that. And, and you're right. I think, you know, people remember him for his last six or so fights. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that, by the way, six or so fights, which spans over about seven years. Yeah, yeah. Because he's always been inactive, and that's through injury. He's always had injuries, whether it's his elbow, knees, arms, and he sort of paid the price for that on his career because I think he sort of just took the shine off. But if you if you rewind the years and remember how good he was, I remember how good he was as an amateur. Yeah. Guy was exceptional. He was special, and I think you know, yeah. I think. People should remember that. I mean, I th for me, I think you've always got to question his decision to go up to heavyweight. Isn't he? he was mm. always, for me, he's always a cruiserweight. Uh, I think in that division, he, you know, he was, yeah, he's just outsized. I mean, I was, I was there at the Klitschko fight in 2011 in Hamburg. Um, yeah, no chance. He was, you know, swinging from from miles away. He just couldn't get, couldn't get, inside, couldn't, couldn't get near him. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think I think at heavyweight he's, he's struggled. I think cruiserweight untouchable, as you say. Mm. The power that he brought to that division was was incredible. I what's think the, as soon as he moved up, yeah. too small. Was there anything for? I mean, right now in the cruiserweight division, we've got an exciting time mm. uh, with the likes of Usyk and Gassiev and mm. all those types of boys. But if you look back then, he'd mopped up. He'd become the mm. boy, hadn't he? You know what I mean? Well, so I, think, I think beating Macronelli was the, was the final stroke. That was a 50-50 fight going in. He absolutely destroyed Macronelli in two rounds at the O2. Yeah, I was. Lucky enough to be at that fight as Good well, fight that was, wasn't and it? it was a great mm. fight. And I think then, like you alluded to there, I think the money was David was all about the business side of things yeah. as well. And the money was at heavyweight. You saw Value F was a big, slow guy. He captured that. He went into that. Then he took it's the very hard then to go back down, isn't it? You can't go up. once you've yeah. gone up. I tell you mm. a classic example of someone going up to heavyweight and going back down. And his career was ruined. And that was Roy Jones Jr. Mm. He went up and beat John Ruiz at heavyweight. Should have called it a day, Went though. back down That's to. It. 
light heavy. Yeah. And Antonio Tarver ripped him to pieces. Now, he was the world's pound for pound best fighter in the world. But I yeah. think that killed him going up and coming back down. And, and David Hay was sensible enough to hang around at heavyweight, took that Klitschko fight. That was when Klitschko was at his best. I was there as well out in Hamburg and he was never going to win that contest. And I no, think, terrible, you know, forget the, the toe incident and everything else. Klitschko yeah, then just, was... Even size-wise, yeah. seeing him come into the ring and facing off, mm. you just thought, this guy, he's got no chance. Yeah, no chance. You just knew straight away. He's given away about a foot and a half. Yeah. It? It mm. Yeah, so, but I mean, he done, what he done was he earned a phenomenal amount of money out of the sport and I think that, you know, and he, and he stepped up to the plate, he boxed these guys, didn't always put on great performances, but I think in his day he was great and he earned a lot of money and that's what you want to see for these fighters. And Predominantly, you want to see them earning a lot of money because they are putting their necks on the line all the time. And, and Hay was a great businessman. I think what we forget as well is Hay had three and a half years out of the ring, 2012 mm. to 2016. He, he didn't box over that yeah. time. So, you know, as we know, he did the jungle. He went off and did some other mm. stuff. But, you know, you have to, you know, it's, I think it's hard to come yeah, back. Yeah, it's that. almost impossible to expect someone to have that long out of the ring mm. and come back at the age that, that he is. You know, I think you could probably go ask, asking too much. You could probably stick another year or maybe 18 months on that because the guys that he came back and fought against oh yeah they were of nothing was they really no, no, no. terrible terrible yeah. That's right. It was a little bit like the um, the Tyson Fury incident. The yeah, way, I think Will Tyson's like... younger, and he not not quite as long out, out of the ring. But no, th- but I'm saying like as opposed to the caliber of opponents. Yeah, and like oh, you sure, say, yeah, so taking yeah. that, them out, he was never really in a real fight unless you mentioned some of the big names he was in. Um, the, the big names like the um, Klitschko's. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably value F. Then he had Klitschko. Who did he have in between? But that's that? what I mean. For me, when he came back from the break, John Mo- it was all... he had uh, Demori, didn't he? Demori, he had Demori, yeah, Demori, and then he had the guy on. whose name I can't pronounce, Jijijeki or whatever yeah, his name was. Exactly, that will do. That's good But for my liking, it was always questionable how far he could get. And yeah. you know, like once you once you have that time out of the mm. ring, and then you're the age that he has, and he said he's in, the, you know, the, mm. you know, I think he's he's trained and overtrained in yeah. the gym as well and his body he's put his body through so much mm. you can just see that with the injuries that he's getting he's, what's he done he's torn both biceps he's, he's had back surgery that's yeah. come out just, Achilles he only just sort of uh, announced that afterwards <laughs> yeah, he's, he's falling apart this he's guy. like the so, bionic uh, man now isn't he yeah so for my liking as soon as he came back I was, yeah. I was thinking I, I'm well, not sure that, how far he can go on that and maybe Spencer you're probably with, with everything that's happened in your mm. career probably perfect to comment on this when he packed it in when he was 31 years of age, mm. when he's he's become unified cruiserweight, he's become heavyweight, he's achieved everything that he needed to achieve, and he says he's walking away. Mm. And then to come back, it's very hard for these guys that do this business <clears throat> to let it go. There's something obviously constantly burning inside them. And you, yeah. I have no doubt you've been there with everything that happened to you. Oh, 100%. The only thing I couldn't do was I wasn't allowed <laughs> to come back. That was, um, that was a difficult thing for me. So I just had to carve out another career whereas David's had the opportunity to come back but what David is he come back but it was he'd achieved everything that he'd wanted to achieve in the sport so he'd come back obviously for the financial reasons yeah, yeah. as well that he knew that there was big fights out there and he still had something to offer and he'd done that do you think so, he was chasing the AJ thing because AJ came after him he packed it in what 2012-ish yeah. AJ off the back of the Olympics has gone to this level and there's a lot of money now if you, get, if you get to that level, there's yeah, a when lot he, of listen, money. When he first came back, he was talking about AJ. But, yeah, but, but in my mind as well, that was never a realistic fight. You just look at the size of them as well. It's well, yeah, ridiculous. I think from David Hayes' point of view, that was for financial reason. That's what mm. I truly believe. Because, listen, AJ is the cash cow. Love it or not. You're boxing AJ, you're walking away yeah, but then several you have to question how much a boxer is motivated if, if your only motivation is money. I think it's a very hard thing to, to get motivated for if, if the only motivation is, is for money. It's, uh, I it's totally a pretty agree brutal that. sport in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, You'd be surprised how many are. 
That's what I'm saying. Sure, I, 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 sure, totally, I totally agree with that. But a lot of fighters' motivation are... Like you, financial when these, security. Yeah, financial security. I mean, yeah. when you remember these guys, the majority of these guys have been boxing since they were eight, nine, ten years of age. Mm. So it's a long old slog. Mm. And the only motivation is the money, financial side of it. Because sure. they go, you know what I mean? I've done it for so long, I can't wait for this door to be shut. Mm. But once the door's shut, my earning capacity oh, you, goes down. And you're a long time retired. And you're a long well, time retired. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, I think that the financial side of things definitely comes into play on the back end of a career. Mm, I mean, definitely. for me, the person as well, like at the moment, the boxer you're looking at at the moment that, you know, you could question whether, whether they should retire now or not is Tony Bellew. Mm. I mean, we had, uh, you know, Dave Coldwell on the podcast and he's his trainer mm. and he was saying he should retire. Yeah. I mm. mean, uh, you're in quite a situation where everyone around you or everyone around that boxer is looking at it from the outside mm. and saying, right, Tony, you've, you've achieved everything that you can in the sport and now you should step away. But you speak to Bellew, now he's calling out Fury uh, and obviously they're massive money fights. So yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, where where do you draw the line? If there's it's always one more fight and yeah. it's always big money, you're always going to be tempted to go back. It's funny, isn't it? Because Bellew's now 35 years of age in the best form of his life, yeah. without a doubt. And it was... And at the maybe, peak of being able to earn the most amount of money in his and life I think as well. Maybe, maybe two years ago, when he... Who was it he, he beat? I think it might have been just... Um, was it the David Hay first one or the fight before the David Hay one or whatever? He had achieved something when he became oh, no. uh, when, 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 yeah, when he beat Macabu, yeah, Macabu. So when he beat Macabu, he virtually said 80% sure he was going to retire because he'd achieved what he wanted to achieve the big fight at his football stadium, and that was it. He felt like he would put the candle out and that was it. Yeah. Then he obviously realised there was financial gain, yeah. but he was toying with maybe one more fight against David Hay and he said, look, if I earn enough money out of it, I'm done. I spoke to him, if I earn enough money, I'm done. Mm. Then he got the return with David Hay and all yeah. of a sudden he seems to be... Tricky, isn't it? He seems to be growing in, in form though. Yeah, but, but there's always a sense like, as well when a boxer gets to the end of their career that they're kind of rolling a dice, mm. aren't they? Like, yeah. you know, it's a pretty, pretty, uh, you know, it is a brutal sport, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and, and one or two punches can change your life. That's yeah. Spencer well knows. I'll tell you what, Frotch got it right, didn't he? Frotch got it right. He's yeah. knocked out George Groves in devastating fashion mm. and that's the last that's punch it, he'll throw away. in the ring. Mm. And do you know why I think he retired when he did there, Frotch? Because in those two George Groves fights, he had to come through some really sticky moments. Against a young and lion. A, and, yeah, and I a, agree. And you touched on this just now, Jake. I think a fighter knows when he's coming to the end because he gets hit with shots mm. that rattle you that you wouldn't have been rattled from before. And I think we started to see that unfold with Cole Frotch. And do you know what he'd done and was the most sensible thing? Because he could have took another four or five million oh, pound easy. fight. Mm. Easy. But he went, right, I'm out. I'm done. And he has now kept that legacy. Mm. And that, he can't take that away from That's him. That's it. And like Johnny Nelson done the same thing. There's there's a number of fighters that have done it. Marvin Hagler, my favourite fighter of all time, done that. He beat Sugar Ray. Uh, um, he lost to Sugar Ray Leonard. Some people felt he won. He lost to Sugar Ray Leonard, but he could have quite easily come back. But he's thought to himself, I'm done. Yeah, and yeah. then I think you keep that... that um, What's the word I'm looking for? You keep that... Mystique. Mystique, yeah. 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 Mind you, I've talked to Adam Smith about that. He's head of boxing at Sky and about uh, Carl. And he said, yeah, and sort of in moments, Carl has always is, is yearned to get back into oh, yeah. the ring and all that. It must be like... Uh, but the fact is, he hasn't. That's the, no, that's the point. No. I mean, it's well, never, I, think, I don't think it's ever going to leave him, is it? Yeah, no. no, no, no. But because he hasn't, like you said, that legacy is... Yeah, he's drawn the well, line. Like, yeah, and he's always, he, yeah that, but he probably made enough money that he could probably afford yeah, to Yeah, but to when walk he's away. commentating... That's the, the hard listen, reality as well, yeah, yeah. It, you know. Mm. You listen to him commentating now, Carl, <laughs> and you speak to him when the fighters are super middleweights are fighting, and you know you get that sense of... He fancies it. I'll do him. Yeah, I'll do him. Do you know what I mean? 
he fancies it. And I don't think that's going to leave him because mm. he retired on that on that win. Yeah. And I think so. Yeah, you see him, and he's like, yeah. And he keeps himself trim. Yeah, he's still at fighting weight. And I think you're right, Jake. He probably battles every day <laughs> not to go. Well, I'm coming back. Do you know what I mean he's probably at home, headbutting walls, punching walls. <laughs> Uh, you're listening to TalkSport. This is Fight Night with me, Adam Catchell. The boys from the Pound for Pound podcast, we is. Uh, stick around uh, because we're going to talk about that super fight that's been made this week between Canelo and Triple G. Don't call it a comeback. You're listening to TalkSport Fight Night with me, Adam Catterall. Gareth A. Davis uh, will be on the show shortly. He's in America at this moment in time. Hopefully, he's caught up with uh, Deontay Wilder uh, this week. And I've no doubt he's got something to say on Triple G Canelo as well. Uh, the boys from the Pound for Pound podcast in the studio with me. Um, I'm, I'm at sixes and sevens, I'm going to be honest with you with this first time I was absolutely buzzing I couldn't get enough of it that they'd made this fight I was so excited and then we got the fight I thought it was a great fight obviously spoilt with the judging and what have you personally I thought Triple G won it but that's just where I was at we ended up getting a draw let's make the second fight so we get to the second fight made and then the little Mexican decides to go and eat some tacos in uh, in Mexico <laughs> and he gets himself in a bit of bother alright now I personally thought that that was an opportunity for this sport to make a statement, mm. to to, and I'm not saying just because it's Canelo, let's let's victimise him. I'm not saying that, but when down the years, for example, you've had people like Marquez who've had two year ban for uh, clenbuterol, to just get a six month mm. ban and for him to be banned whilst he's having his knee operation and to be allowed to fight again in the same year and to be negotiating whilst he's supposed to be out for obviously failing drug tests, I think it just makes a little bit of a mockery of the sport. You know what I mean? It's an, it was an opportunity to say, listen, lads. We don't take no mm. messing when it comes to drugs in sport. Mm. And I, I'm with you on it, and I'm not buying the whole contaminated meat thing. I don't, I'm not into all that. I, I just think that this sport is too dangerous. And over the years, we've seen many fatalities, um, and we've also seen many people injured. You know, Michael Watson comes to mind myself. And I just think it's not a sport that can be played with with um, performance enhancing drugs especially at that level so I think I'm just not buying the whole meat thing and I think that yeah he should have been punished and punished more than that it sort of seems to have been brushed under the carpet for financial reasons now we've got the fight back on again and it has tarred it a little bit for me as well and, and I'm with you Adam I thought that Triple G won the fight and won it quite comfortably if I'm honest I thought he won it by a couple of a couple of rounds and I think with that in mind he's gone and done something very stupid Canelo by taking some or eating some contaminated meat, whatever you want to say. And, um, yeah, just for me, it's, it spoiled the fight a little bit because I was really looking forward to the rematch because I thought Canelo got the tactics wrong the first time. Mm. And I thought if he would have started, started the way he finished, he would have won the fight. Mm -hmm. I thought he'd give the Triple G too much respect. And then, obviously, all this has unfolded and... Yeah, it's taken a little bit of the buzz away from me. I mean, I know he's been cleared of it now and the fight's been made, but it is what it is, isn't it? Mm. I mean, he's a, a bit of contaminated meat. And do you buy that? No. No. Come there, on, there listen. You we, you, we can tell it how it is on this particular show, man. I'm, I'm telling you now, right? Look at the size of him. Look, he's got a head like a bowling ball, right? <laughs> That's a lot of meat. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 is, that is a lot of meat. And it was an opportunity at that point for me, for... for for a statement to be made again, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say just because it's Canelo, mm. but it was. A, if, he's the, if he's the biggest cash cow in boxing, and he is, I mean, mm. he generates so much money for the state of Nevada when he fights there. Of mm. course, he does. But 
cheating's cheating. I don't care who you are. Yeah. And this doesn't send the nicest of messages to anybody, any young kid wanting to get in the world of sport. If you mm. get to the top level, it's all right. People will brush it under the carpet. If you're making someone a few quid, it's yeah. all right to cheat. It's not all right to so cheat. So what happens to the kid that's doing the six-rounder on the undercard that's exactly. earning three grand a fight and he gets caught, he gets a lifetime ban? Give the kid a break. You know mm. what I mean? So the guy that's earning millions gets brushed under the table. And I, know, I think, yeah, I do. I totally think it's wrong. We was quite strong on this in one of our podcasts, weren't we, when, mm. it, when it first announced Yeah, that. it's a subject that's, that comes up often, doesn't it? Mm. You, see, you know, you talk to you talk to Bellew, um, Adam Smith, Billy Joe Saunders, and, and across the board, they, they are like, you know, uh, lengthy, lengthy ban or life ban, you know, and, um, and I agree with that. I'm, I'm, you know, I think I think there should be uh, a more clear sort of line of how to deal that's with. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, I think there should be because one, from, one rule. You're caught, you know, maybe two it. strikes and you're out. That, something like yeah, that. I agree with that. I th- <clears> and the problem <throat> is, is that especially in America, from state to state, everything's different. Yeah. I just mentioned the Marquez thing there, right? Mm. So Marquez, he gets done with Colombia roll, gets a two-year ban, but that's the state of New York, mm. right? You go to Nevada, ah, it's six months. Yeah, and and the, and the, and the six-month thing came about. It's supposed to be a year. The six-month thing comes about because he's. Helping with inquiries. What do you mean he's helping with inquiries? <laughs> he's, giving, not, he's giving you some of the meat. And what's what's going that, on? And not only that, he gets a six-month ban and he's still in the fight anyway. Yeah. So well, it's a six-month camp anyway. They just, yeah, they just yeah. delayed the fight so he can go well, and eat some more meat. He's yeah. having a knee operation. He can't fight anyway. He's injured. He's injured. He's eating meat for fun out there. It's like, what do you want? It's unreal. It does make a... I think you're right, Adam. I think it does make a little bit of a mockery of the sport. And, and, and yeah, I don't think it's good for the sport. You know, if you, you mm. get general public and then all of a sudden you think, hang on a minute, I thought Canelo was taking... You know, I thought he was taking Dre. Now all of a sudden he's fighting Triple G in September. Yeah. Like, I, I think anyone who's got who's not on top of the sport and doesn't really sort of like look into it or know, you know, when a hearing is or what the ban was, all of a sudden they see this guy coming back fighting in the fight. I don't think it's good for the sport. No. I, don't, I, think, uh, I don't think it gives off the right vibe for the kids that are coming through either or the young kids are coming through because they're looking at it thinking is that what you get? Yeah. And also, I mean? and so also, it gives I've, off the wrong... Mm. Yeah, wrong... And, all, and also the safety aspect of it, and Billy Joe touched upon that. He said, well, uh, if someone is, uh, you know, if someone is seriously injured yeah, yeah. in a fight and then the person that's fighting has been found to be taking performance-enhancing drugs, well, then you should charge them for manslaughter. 100%. You know, and, uh, exactly. Yeah, uh, the Amir you know, Ka- Khan fight, Canelo. If Amir Khan doesn't get up, what do we do? Mm. Yeah, and I, because I think, with all due respect to Canelo, the first time you get caught, I'm going to go out there and mm. say it's not the first time you've been doing it; it's just the first time you've been caught. And when he got knocked out, Amir Khan in that fight, there was that moment where you felt yeah. he ain't going to get out mm. because it was a bad one, wasn't it? A yeah. real bad one. And then what's unfolded is unfolded, and you just go, "Oh, do you know what I mean?" It's sort of like well, look at, look at David Price as well in terms of, of of how his career's gone. Absolutely, I mean, and the effect three that drug sheets. Yeah, three drug sheets. He's he's lost two. So look at well, the effect, effect of his on his career. I mean. Uh, you know, well, it, it from... could have been dramatically different, wouldn't it? If, if, if you know, who knows well, how that's it would have panned thing. out. You but... just mentioned the price thing, right? So Price fought Povetkin last time out. Mm. Povetkin failed two tests in the same yeah, year. It's ridiculous. And he's still allowed to have it. And he's the mandatory for AJ. Yeah. How was that? And and the two bad knockouts that he had against him, Price, were against drugs cheats, um, and which effectively ruined his career, ruined yeah. everything he was doing. psychology, then, of course. Yeah, and yeah. then he comes back and puts in a foot performance against another drug cheat. You just think, this mm. poor guy goes and knocks Aldi Harrison out, who's Olympic champion, he's got the world at his feet. All of a sudden, he boxes a lineup of guys that have been on drugs <laughs> or previously on drugs. It's and terrible, it's just mate. like you it's think, terrible. it's tough, man. It's really yeah. tough. I mean, mm. for me, I was hoping that there would be a lengthier ban for Canelo. Yep. And then what I was really hoping for was Billy Joe Saunders, Triple G. That That is a fight mm. I really want to see. And I think uh, I think Billy Joe could really give uh, Triple G a, a good run out. I think, I think he could win that fight. Mm. I said that after the Lemieux 
fine. I thought he was unbelievable. For me, one of the best you. performances of a of a boxer, a British boxer abroad in, abroad in the last I don't know, twenty years. Something yeah, like that. it's an incredible performance. And I think if I think if he fights Triple G, anything like he fought Lemieux that night in Canada, I think he's in with a, with what, a hell of a chance. What, what does Billy Joe do now? Because it's quite obvious that he, he was chasing that fight off the back of the Martin. Murray I feel stuff. so bad for Murray as well. Twice Billy Joe's absolutely pulled out and he's saying it's an injury I don't you know, yeah, exactly. I don't really buy that come he's on he's waiting wait for it Listen, yeah, of course. He, he and was... it's not worked out has it yeah exactly so but what does he do now well I think the fight goes back on with Murray and I'm going to be honest about that I was with Billy the other day actually at the Brendan Ingall funeral yeah. I was having a good chat with him about what his situation was where he said well look I don't know where I'm at at the moment I don't know but I'm hearing rumours that that fight with Murray now could go back on again oh, not again come on it could imagine be if back... it fell through again yeah, yeah but <laughs> you would have to have some type of insurances for Murray yeah, because that's two I training know, camps and stuff you like that you've got to feel sorry for Murray but I think that Murray Murray would still take the fight of course he would because it's a world title Take, of course he would. Take Murray out of the equation. Mm. What does Billy do? Because now he was in a situation yeah, where, where does he go? Well, it, he was gambling on the on the fact. Yeah, that, of course. Yeah, the, the fact that that would. Well, they'd done that, a deal for Golovkin. They'd mm. done that deal, but then all of a sudden the U-turn came around. Yeah, Canelo's and back we, in. We got Canelo Golovkin. Hence you know, that it always being surprises off. me that there's no insurances in place that would cover a boxer financially for for you know for training camps. And yeah, because yeah. you've got to do it yourself, yeah. ain't you? The fighters yeah. have got to do those types of things yeah, so themselves. Massively out of pocket. You saw, yeah. you saw the same thing with Tyson Fury, David Hay. Yeah, that was twice as well. That was over a year, wasn't it? So he's basically a year out of the ring waiting for David Hay. Yeah, and, uh, and spending David a lot of money in camps. Yeah, mm. so, yes, uh, it's a difficult one. But do debate. not be surprised if you see <laughs> Billy Joe Saunders, Martin Murray back on. I when, don't when know this, happen, but you know? I would not be surprised. Would that be mm. this year? Do you think? I wouldn't. Like, well, Martin's fighting <laughs> next week. Is <laughs> you're asking me like, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you do know. Come on. Would you think it'd be this year, like October the twelfth? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just seeing if I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just looking at it. <laughs> I am. <laughs> no, I'm right. just looking at it, and I think that fight still yeah. should and but, could happen. Well, I, I don't think that would be a bad thing. I think that nah. you know, a fight I still want to see. And I think, again, well, I think yeah, potential banana it. skin for, yeah. for Billy Joe. Murray was, uh, you know, I saw him bits of pieces training for this fight. He looks in great shape, Murray. Mm. And, uh, and Jamie I think maybe Moore in the back of Billy Joe's mind. something going on in that gym, hasn't he? Jamie Moore. I yeah. mean, the guys with Frampton, I know he's uh, been looking after Jack Catterall. Cummings as well. Tommy Coyle's Tommy Coyle. Absolutely outstanding. Something's going on in that gym, isn't there? Yeah, he's just like I'll tell you what's going on in there. Success breeds success, yeah, and they and point. they and they've got a family unit in there, like where they all get on so well. And it's a good little bit of banter going on. Nigel Travis, Jamie's right hand man, he's a great guy as well. I've known him for years, and I, and I think that it's all about the vibe in the gym and and. That, like I said, success builds success, and everyone wants a piece of that. No, and think, he's flying, man. The last yeah. 12 months, the guy has just created probably one of the best gyms in the country. I think yeah, Jamie yeah. Moore has really come of age, and I think with a Frampton fight for me, he just mm. sort of like, yeah. he really stepped up. He's one of the best, you know, he's mm. really made his mark, Jamie Moore. Totally, and, uh, totally agree. Yeah, that gym is just flying. Yeah, it is. Uh, just to finish this particular section off, gentlemen, um, regarding Canelo, Triple G, good versus evil. We kind of like those narratives, though, don't we? We love those narratives, let's be honest, in the world of boxing. I know it's not necessarily sitting right with us at this moment, but we all want Triple G to do the business, don't we? Yeah, we, knock him out. <laughs> Come on. We, we do, we do, but I'm not sure he's going to. Do you know why? Yeah. Do you know why I say this? He's eating a bigger cow. No, well, I'll tell you why on. I say this, because Triple G's not getting younger, no. and I think we've seen a slight 
deterioration over the last year or so. The Daniel Jacobs I, fight kind of threw that yeah, up, didn't exactly. it? Yeah, mm. exactly. And I think that Canelo got the tactics wrong and paid Triple G too much respect in the first fight and took too long to get going, and that really cost him the fight. I don't think he'll make the same mistake this time. And I, for that reason, that reason alone, I'm leaning towards Canelo, which don't surprises do it, me. Don't do it. The big, no, no. <laughs> I'm just using my head, not my heart, because I want Triple G to win. I want him to win big time. He follows me on Twitter. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. Does he? Yeah. He does. That yeah. conversation yeah. between you and him in Kazakh would be unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that's after about eight Cronenbergs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, he does. And it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't follow him. He followed me. You're you, you following him back now? Yeah, I had to. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah you so... can't blank him. On <laughs> no, no. If he drops I'm in, not. you can't blank I'm him. I'm not. <laughs> so, yeah, for that reason, that reason alone, I'm leaning towards Canelo, where I was big-time triple, um, triple G before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And although I thought Triple G won the fight before, won it quite clear, I think it's all about time's not on Triple G's side. And I think the longer the fight's la- delayed... The more you lean towards Canelo, yeah, 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 yeah. I think maybe Spencer's I'm, right, but I, but I, I hope, I hope yeah, I'm wrong, guys. Because I want evil. Triple G. I hope Triple G, yeah, does a job on him. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be a moral victory, wouldn't it? Really. Mm. Mm. September fifteenth. That's when that's happening, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure having you in the studio with us today. Thanks. Um, been fun. What's uh, what's on the podcast this week? What can people expect this week? Ooh, fun, fun, fun. What can we expect oh, this we're just week? Talking about it, and we're, yeah. we're uh, we've got so many guests lined up. So we've got Eddie Hearn. We want to do Coogan Cassius. We want to do, uh, as I say, we do people in and around the sports. So we want to do uh, a doctor. We want to get a yes. doctor on referee. That's good. So we're just yeah. we we're putting we, all we, in place. But we've yeah. probably got about twenty twenty five guests lined up so yeah. we do a show every week yeah um so it's just fitting everyone in really and then we've got the boxers on as well so it's, yes it's, we've uh, been banging them out we were talking about this before just quickly before we go don't want to bore you but we <laughs> were talking about like the guests that we've had on and we haven't had a week show yet because like every time something seems to happen either jake knows someone from his world the entertainment world i've got the boxing world locked down as well and he's got the fury and he's knocking around with fury and billy joe saunders and all that he's got all this going on and it just seems to work and we keep getting all these w- really wicked shows don't we yeah so it's, yeah, we're, yeah we're just enjoying it we love yeah. you know we love sitting around we would sit around and talk about boxing anyway you know and uh uh, so it's uh, yeah, we're just putting a microphone on it and speaking to amazing guests, and, mm. and and you know, hopefully it is like you say. One of the we had a phone in, didn't we? We were different guests phoning in, and this yeah. guy said the thing I love about it. It's like sitting in a pub and hearing two guys behind you talking about boxing, and it's exactly what we want to do. You know, we're sort of uh, you know, it's not all serious, is it? Boxing. So no. it's, uh, yeah, and I'm the boxing man. He's the boxing fan, and I keep getting all the things wrong, which is quite bad, isn't it? <laughs> Weights, <laughs> styles, fights, <laughs> fighters. So yeah, but that's it. A bit more relaxed. Yeah. Exactly. Not yeah. taking itself too seriously yeah. and having a bit of a crack with yeah. it. Um, you can get that on everything, can't you? iTunes, everything. It's available yeah. on everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, Powerful 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 yeah, it's, uh, have a bit of a no, search. There you mm. go. Uh, like, like, like I said, gents, thank you very much for having uh, being in uh, the studio today. Uh, you're listening to Fight Night on Talksport with me, Adam Catterall. A uh, lot still to come, including a little bit of a chat with Gareth A. Davis, who is stateside at this moment in time, hopefully catching up with Deontay Wilder. Uh, but this week, you will have seen, uh, as we were speaking about a little earlier on in the show, uh, Dillian White versus Josie Parker has been made for the 28th of July at the O2 in London. Uh, and you can't, I, I think it's actually law now in the world of boxing that if you have a fight at the O2 in London, you, Connor Ben has to has to uh, perform on that, on that card. And he's on the show right now. Uh, Connor, how are you, mate? You well? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good, mate. It is, it is part of the uh, O2 contract, isn't it? If uh, if they make a fight there, that Conor Ben has to perform. 
Well, I mean, it seems like that. I mean, half my fights have been at the O2. Do you know what I mean? You know, I've pulled there probably about four or five times now. So uh, it's definitely home for me. No, absolutely, mate. And we're looking forward to this because, one, the main event has obviously got everybody's uh, uh, mouth watering. But not only that, your fight's got everybody's mouth watering because of the performance against this geezer at the York Hall, mate. You know what I mean? This is uh, this has got it all ticking. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I went right that night and, um, you know, I beat him on my worst day. Do you know what I mean? I was I'll be him on my worst day. I come through rounds five and six, you know, fighting for my career and um, you know, I put him down both rounds. You know, if it went on another round or another ten seconds of the last round he would have been finished. Yeah. You know, so I'm confident now myself. Um, you know, I've had a bit of time off, I've been working hard and um I can do ten rounds with him no problem if it goes that far. You know, I'll be him on my worst day. Let's hope everyone remembers that. Listen, just on that. Connor. Now, from from a fan's point of view, now I know that you're going to go in there and do a more clinical job this time round. But blooming heck, yeah. la- last time, mate, it was entertaining. I was on the edge of my seat from start <laughs> to finish. It was amazing. I know you don't want too many of them in your career, but blooming heck, it was good. Well, it just showed that you know this 21 year old kid who's who's lived a silver spoon life, as people say, has got heart. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you ain't got to come from the ghetto and have that Mike Tyson story. That ended with Mike Tyson. You know what I mean? No, I come from a very luxury life, but you know what? I've got that grit in me that, you know, when it comes down to it, I'll have it with anybody, you know? So, um, but yeah, I won't rate that fight at all. Do you know, I thought the last four people I thought I've knocked out of in the, with, within two rounds and they've got decent records. Yeah. What's this fool going to do to me? And looking at his record, and boy, was I wrong. I had Miami booked and everything all booked up, ready to go in Miami, and I overlooked it massively mm. until he hit me with that one-two. But you know what? I don't regret that fight. Because it showed a whole another side to me that I didn't even know I had in me myself, yeah. let alone the public. No, absolutely. You know, so not. I'm, you know, so I'm ready for 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 round two. You know, I'm I'm ready to have it, and you know, this time I'll show I'll show levels in this sport. You know, people have me have me written off already. Well, come then. I ain't, I ain't fear nobody. You know, people saying oh, I won't take the fight. Of course, I'll take the fight. I wanted him straight after. You know, so um, yeah, that's settled now, and you know, I'll give the people what they want. The people definitely do want to see that again. No question about it. Listen, earlier on in the show, I was speaking to uh, Spencer Oliver uh, about those next-gen yeah. cards, and that was obviously where the, the first fight uh, took place at the York Call, mate. Those fight, what we what we were kind of concluding to was that those next-gen cards are absolutely brilliant. Young guys like yourself wanting to make a statement in the game, and not only that, they're not gimme fights. They're not like you're just turning up and, oh, Red Corner's going to win this week quite comfortably. They're proper competitive yeah. 50-50s and learning fights. And as you've just kind of alluded to there, mate, it was one of those nights where you probably learnt more in those six rounds than you did for the your whole of your professional career. Of course. Well, first off, the JD Nation shows are absolutely unbelievable for young fighters coming through. I mean, what a platform. And, you know, uh, well done to Eddie Earn and Sky Sports for making that happen. Uh, but, yeah, as I said... I learned so much that night. And, uh, you know, I honestly, hand on heart, did not know I had that in me. You know, it may not, it may be with a opponent not of high calibre mm. um, or not of, um, you know, it just showed my heart where my heart said. You know, many people would have folded. You know, anybody strong in the one, two, three rounds, anybody strong, you know, any every man's got a chin. So when you're going to fight fire with fire in the within the first round, anyone can catch you clean and you're gone. That's it. Mm. So, you know, within one to three rounds, that's just the way it goes. You know, so, um, you know, I weren't weary of that and I learned that I had a pair of cojones there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so, you know, come on, let's have it. And, you know, um, 
you know, people see that now, and I hope people take people take me seriously. That when I come to have it, I can have it. But you know what? I can box as well. Yeah. You know, so which I've shown previously, but just sometimes I get caught in a mind frame, and I want to have a fight and entertain. And you know, sometimes it ain't a good thing, but sometimes it's a good thing for you. Like it's always a good thing for me. It ain't, <laughs> you know, yeah, but, I know, you know, I know, mate. Entertainment business in it. That's why my dad's a living legend and remembered the way he's remembered because he'd have it with anybody, and that's yeah. the way I want to go down. You you mentioned I know that you've mentioned it a couple of times though, the silver spoon thing, but that's not necessarily true, is it, mate? Because at the end of the day, maybe a lot a lot of people know your story. They know obviously who your dad is and what have you, but you've you've taken yourself out of your comfort zones in order in order to get yourself to this particular position, taking yourself away from your family, taking yourself to uh, yeah. on your own and doing your own thing. You know what I mean to chase this dream. Well, of course, of course, but you know, there's always people out there saying, "Oh, I come from the hood and I don't know my family and yeah. uh, I'm on my own." And there's always someone worse who who looks at you and thinks, "Oh, yeah, you silver spoon." There's always going to be somebody in a in a in a lesser circumstance um, in life, and they're going to, you know. So for them people that say I'm silver spoon, I, I personally think my dad's made me grow for where I've got to. You know, make me coming to the UK at the age yeah. of 17, I was, and leaving my family was the hardest thing I've ever done. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm seeing my little sister grow, and like she's a woman now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I'm watching my family, and you know, they're growing, they're growing on me, they're growing, they're growing. I'm thinking, mate, where's this time going? <laughs> and you know what? I just hope this, this me, me sacrificing the time I spend with my family, it pays off, man, because I'm sitting there saying I'll never get back. I'm that brother in the UK, I'm that son in the UK. You know, when I come to the UK, I was quite upset that my mum never told us. It's never going to tell me to make my bed again. Do you know what I mean? It's sad as that is. My mum's never going to tell me to make my bed. Can't I come and clean up? You know, my board, it's all a borderline, is it? You know, so and um, it's like you have to. I've grown up really quick, and um, I just miss my family to bits. And, um, you know, that's the biggest sacrifice I could make. The money's always there, you know. Um, but the luxury lifestyle is always there. I've always lived a nice luxury lifestyle because of the benefits of my dad, and that's exactly what I want to do for my kids. No, you know what I mean? And, mate, absolutely. Listen, that, that attitude is so refreshing to hear because you could have taken the easy option. You didn't take the easy option. You put yourself through it to achieve uh, that's right. achieve I could your be own dreams. With some shrimps on the old barbie. <laughs> you know I mean, I could, I could be out there with a with a beer in my hand. You know what I mean? So, and I sometimes think, what would my life have been like? You know, and then when all the pressure gets to you, you think, what would my life have been like? But then I realise how I am, where I am, and it's because of the work ethic. Yeah. You know, from my debut to now, I'm a different fire in itself. Mm. You know, I'm a different fire, different mindset. And, um, you know, I, I can't imagine what I'll be like when I'm 25, 26. I think people forget I'm 21. Yeah, you, you, I, I agree with that. I've said I've had this conversation many times about yourself, mate, that uh, one, you're only a young guy, and you're kind of still learning on the job because all these other guys, and this is no disrespect to you, but the other guys that we see on these next-gen cards are coming from Olympic backgrounds and they've been in Sheffield for, ye- for years as amateurs and all this type of stuff. You're, yeah. you're, you're basically starting as a pro. Let's have it. You know what I mean? And, you, and, you're, learning, yeah, and you're learning as you're going along. And it's not even just that. It's just, um, it's just the pressure. Uh, I don't like yeah. it when um, you know, the Sky commentators say, yeah, he's learning on the job because they seem to say every fight. But the, the thing is, is it's truth. Yeah. He's learning. He's literally learning each fight, learning how to deal with the pressure, hmm. learning how to cope with Sky. And I bet he has demons in him in his own head uh, whether he's actually good enough to, to reach high levels in the sport. You don't just come in this sport and uh, go, yeah, I'm going to be, be world champion. No, there's so much work that needs to go in into it to become world champion is you've got to have luck as well yeah. uh, you've got to have the grit and uh, at my weight you've got to have the power you've got to have the speed the accuracy the head movement uh, you know you've got to have it all 
Uh, as well as that, Connor, know, what you proved in the last fight, you've got to be able to take a dig, mate. You've got to be able to take a dig and be in adversity in a fight and come through it. And you, and that now must give you confidence. You, before this, you didn't know that you could do that. Now you do. It's guaranteed. It's in your head. It, it's concrete that you know that you can go through those adversities within a fight. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I know I could go through the hard times. You know, I was scared. I was very scared. Uh, you know, when he put me down because I didn't. I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I didn't understand what just happened. I, yeah. I couldn't wrap my head around it, so I freaked out. I got scared. I got so scared, and then I, I just thought, come on, then if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out. I ain't seen that. You know, you're going to have to <laughs> knock me out to stop me, mate. So come on, then let's have it. And then I had to put him down round five and six. So, you know, what was going on through my head was never to, to sit down or never to quit. It was. I'm going to see this through, and um, I'm going to give it all I got. If I've got to take risks, yeah, I've got to take. I'll take the risks. You know, so, um, and that's one thing in me, you know, if if worse comes to worse, I'll have it with you. You know, you're in for a hard night. But I know I'm in for a hard night as well, you know, and I don't mind that. I work really hard. I get my hour and a half run in. I work, I work train three times a day, you know, so I'm fit, mate. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, worse comes to worse. If the boxing comes out the window, well, that ain't enough, I know I can have it, you know, and, um, yeah, that's it, man. I just want to pay you a compliment on not only what you're doing in the ring, because like I said, it was extremely entertaining for me to watch. When at the end of those fights, you sit down on the ring apron and, the, and they stick that camera in your face and the microphone in your face and they ask you to quickly analyse it after you've just been through an absolute war. You seem extremely level-headed. You get it. You're understanding where you're at in your particular moment of your career. You're talking mm. the right things, which adheres you to fans. Fans get that. They see it and they go, this this." This lad's not getting too carried away with himself. He understands where he's at. He's learning the game. You know what I mean? And yeah. And exactly what you just said there. You don't know how far you're going to go, but you're going to give it yeah. a blooming good go in order to get there. <laughs> Listen, you you just knocked the nail on the head, really. And you know, after the interviews, you know, people want to have uh, talk um, um, coaching for a bit, talking proper, and uh, you know, make sure you say right. I don't want none of that. You've mm. got to keep it real with the people. That's it. You know, talk the way you talk. You know, I was sitting in a fight once. Um, but with that Cedric Payne off, I, oh, I won't. I, that's why I don't give it Charlie Big Bananas. I'm thinking, who says that? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, so I'm just gonna talk. I'm just gonna talk like me, and you know, you, you know, you'll get a transparent view on how I see things in my career. You know, I, I, I'm worried to to reveal myself to people. I'm transparent. When you're transparent, people can't pull ones out of the book and uh, yeah. go, oh yeah, you're not really. You know, I'm just transparent. That's one thing I learned from my dad's career. He was just one of the people. You know, without them, I'm absolutely nothing. Without them, I'm nobody. You know, and um, that's something my dad installed in me from when I was young. He goes, son, without all these people, I'm absolutely nothing. And I thought, you're so right, dad. Mm. Falling fighters, they get it twisted and, and have their heads stuck up their ears thinking they're all out of a bag of chips. No. No. <laughs> Giving it the Charlie Big you know? Bananas. That's it. Yeah, the Charlie <laughs> Big Bananas, you know. So, no, I'll, I'll always be level-headed. I know where I'm at. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm going to be some world champion. All I know is that the British public have another bend in the game um, and, you know, you're going to be entertained. That's all I can promise you. I can't promise you I'm going to get this and become this and become that. I may face losses. I may face draws. I may face getting knocked spark out. And, you know what, I may get back up and knock the geezer out. You know, it's just it's just one of those things. And I think that's why my journey is the most exciting journey you bring. You know, you've got all these Olympians and all that that come along. But this journey is so exciting because they've watched me grow from a little kid, from a kid who had them little dreadlocks on his head. You know, I don't know what I was doing with them dreadlocks, what state I was in. You know, I I chose to come out to a packed hotel with that haircut. 
I'll never do that ever again. <laughs> you know, it's, it's an exciting journey. journey. Mate, oh, um, yeah, man, it's an exciting journey. It is, mate, and we're looking forward to seeing it. Um, the next chapter of it, anyway, 28th of July. Uh, make sure you tune in. Ben Pernell, part two at the O2 Arena on the White Park on the card. You listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. Connor, Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, mate. Have a good one. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. It's a fight night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall. Now, we can't have a full show without uh, my long-haired lover from various parts of the world. He's in California <laughs> right at this moment in time. Uh, Gareth A. Davis, how are you, buddy? You well? I'm very well, thanks, Adam. I'm in a very interesting place at the moment. I'm in a place called San Luis Obispo. Oh, sounds nice. On the, yeah, well, on the, on the Californian coast. And it is the home of Chuck Liddell. Oof. Are you hanging out with Chuck? Is that what you're doing? Are you, is that why you're there? I'm hoping to see Chuck at some point uh, over the next uh, day or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also, because um, obviously there's talk about him coming back, um, about the potential of him and fighting Tito Ortiz, of course. Um, it's something that I don't think any of us want to see. He was obviously one of the, <laughs> the very first um, UFC stars when when. Um, yeah. For Cheetahs and Dana White took over the UFC those many years ago, um, but I'm also later today going to see um, about 20 miles up the coast to a place called Cambria, and one man who lives on, in, in, in one of those houses on stilts is a guy called Don Chargin. Mm-hmm. He's an 85-year-old promoter who discovered um, Canelo Alvarez, if you like, and, and brought his attention to Oscar De La Hoya. Um, he, he noticed his body shots as a 16-year-old and thought he was extraordinary. Don Chargin, I think, has been in boxing for 60-odd years, so I'm going to have lunch with him and spend an afternoon at his house and talk about his life in boxing. And no doubt some of that will play out on our show eventually, you know? Mm, well, that kind of leads me on nicely, mate, to that super fight, obviously involving uh, Canelo. Yeah. Uh, now, on the show... Uh, we've had uh, Jake Wood and Spencer Oliver, the guys from the Pound for Pound podcast. We've just been talking, actually, a little bit about this super fight. And, of course, uh, failed drug tests came up in, as part of the conversation. Yeah. Now, me and you, we've, we've had that conversation on many, many occasions. People know where we stand on that. Uh, so let's talk about the fight itself. Because first time round, mate, it was a very close contest. Um, I personally thought that Triple G won it. It was, a, it was a draw. We had a bit of a controversy with the judging. Um, but we're getting... We're, I think we... If the, drug, if the failed drug test didn't happen, everybody would be going crazy for it right now because I think we there's a lot of unanswered questions from that first fight and hopefully we're going to get those unanswered questions answered on September the 15th. You know, I mean, it was a, it was a year ago, wasn't it? I mean, it was a year ago that... The, that, that I mean, it was, it's, it's, it's a year between the two fights is yeah. what, was, what I'm saying. Um, I was there... I, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm the greatest judge in the world, but I'm a decent judge. Sometimes I, I disagree with people around me, but I clearly had um, um, Gennady Golovkin winning by seven rounds to five or even eight rounds to four. Mm-hmm. It was a brilliant fight. It was an amazing contest. It was, it was so high level, but you just felt that, 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 that Golovkin, for me, had something more. Now, coming to the second fight, because he won so convincingly, history often says that the guy wins more convincingly the second time around. I don't know if it will be in this case. Mm. Um, I think 
I think Golovkin took a lot of wear and tear at his age. There were signs that he's been slowing down. We saw that in the Danny Jacobs fight, which I was also at, um, you know, kind of earlier in, in last year. Um, and, and I just wonder whether um, Golovkin, um, well, A, Golovkin will, will fight, I think, with some anger in him this time. And yeah. I think that the boxing world has an anger towards Canelo. But I also think, Adam, that Canelo is a year older and a year more mature. And, and I think that year may play into his advantage. And he's got something to prove, yeah. something so big to prove. I mean, I think Golovkin did brilli- brilliantly, and his team did brilliantly, by the way, to hold out and hold Oscar De La Hoya and, and the negotiating team for Canelo to ransom, to make sure he got the deal he deserved in this fight. Because mm. I think they started at something like 67.5 to 32.5 yes. on the cut. Yeah, crazy. Um, which is ridiculous, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got it to nearly, I think it's 55-45 now, something like that. So mm. absolutely right for him because it's a big fight. It'll make, I'm sure it'll generate $100 million. It'd be one of the big, big pay-per-views. It might do one and a half to two million views in America, in my view. Um, I mean, I hope we're going to be there broadcasting on it, my friend. You know, <laughs> um, it's, it's, no, but, we're, well, but also, of course, it, it, it's having an impact on when Anthony Joshua fights. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, which is fascinating. But it's a terrible situation with the, with the Clem Booter old tests because, you know, it, it has cast a pall over, over Canelo and he will always be regarded as a drugs cheat um, and be tainted in that way. But it, it doesn't take away from the fact that <clears throat> it's still a brilliant contest at the very high level, yeah. very highest level. And, of course, the news as well that, we kind of found out that Billy Joe Saunders was in the mix while those talks yeah. were going on as well. Well, again, I, I spoke a little earlier on in the show tonight about Billy Joe Saunders. Now, quite, listen, pulling out of the fights and blaming it on injury doesn't wash with me. I think I know exactly what he was trying to do. And I, to, to, to an extent, I can't really blame him because the big fight is either a Canelo or a Triple G. That's where the big money is. There's an opportunity there to yeah. unify the division. So I get it. I totally understand it. I'm not, uh, I'm not happy with it. Uh, with, with the way that Martin Murray's been treated, but I, I get what Billy Joe was was attempted to do. Now that obviously this fight's been made on September the fifteenth, what does Billy Joe do next? He has to be active, yeah. Um, in my view, and and you know, um, the fact that he he, he could have missed out on ten million pounds. Um, I understand it might have been around about ten million he might have earned for the for the fight with Golovkin. Mm-hmm. Um, Canelo. The, the, the thing is, I think he's got to stay active because you know we know that Billy has ballooned in weight before. Um, he's got to stay under the auspices, I think, very closely with Dominic Ingle, um, and 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 just be busy. I mean, I, I think there's every reason to suspect that that neither of those two, um, Golovkin and Canelo, will fight till probably early next year after this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he'll want to fight the winner. He holds one of the belts. Mm. Um, but, you know, the IBF is vacant now, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and that's that's going to be fought over. Maybe Frank Warren goes and tries to, to him get him a unification with the IBF title. Mm. That could be a route at the moment to keep him busy, keep him hungry, keep him, you know, get, kind of keep him on, on the trail, if you like, Adam, because that's the problem with Billy Joe. If he gets... A, kind of off the wagon and, and loses interest yeah. and knows he's not going to fight either of those guys till May, kind of May next year, because it could be May the 5th, you know, the other big Mexican yeah, holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the big pay-per-view holiday in the States. 
um, you know, go go for the IBF title right now because they took it off Golovkin because because uh, of uh, they, they didn't fulfil certain requirements uh, put down by the International Boxing Federation. You mentioned there when obviously talking about Canelo Triple G two on September the fifteenth. This then has direct implications uh, towards uh, AJ and his next fight, whether it's Wilder, whether it's Povetkin. Um, because September 15th was one of the dates that was touted for Anthony Joshua. Um, as as the preceding weeks in September, if they want to do it at Wembley, then we're talking spring. There's all these dates flying around at this moment in time because of the pull of Anthony Joshua. What is the latest to your understanding uh, between AJ and Wilder? Um, and with that, are you anticipating it to be next or are you anticipating a deal to be in place for them to maybe do it at the start of 2019? Well, I've read everything that Eddie Hearn said this week. Um, Shelley Finkel called me on Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, both those days. Um, and he said, you know, we, we have fully accepted everything. We're waiting for the contract back. We're expecting it on Friday. Um, if there's nothing untoward in the contract, we're going to accept it. Um, um he told me he thought it was going to be September the 15th. The first time I spoke to him this week, that was before Canelo and Golovkin were signed. So it won't be on that date. But he said, when I spoke to him the next day, he said, we're, we're prepared for, for November or December if it has to be then. Um, you know, they want the fight, um, clearly want the fight. Um, but they will have to agree to, obviously, the contract that Eddie Hearn's team sent over, which they will have sent over a couple of days ago, Adam. Mm-hmm. Um um, you know, he wasn't being revelatory, but he was just saying, you know, we are definitely, I just wanted to make you aware, we're still definitely on for it. I, I hear from Eddie Hearn that Anthony Joshua's already in camp. Now, I don't think that um, Joshua fighting Povetkin will be precluded by um, or halted by um, Canelo and, and Golovkin on September the 15th. I think they'll go ahead with it. Um, obviously, they can't with Wilder because it's an American fight. But my instinct is that um, they are going to offer the fight. Um, they're going to accept it. But I think that they will fight. I think they'll fight Povetkin first. My instinct is the fight isn't going to happen next. But I could be wrong. Mm. It's very, very hard to know at this moment. But we, but we are coming to we're coming to the crux now. We're coming to the you know it's it's. it's Gloves are off, basically. Mm. Um, all the, the, you know, the phony wars are over. This is it now. It's, it'll either get signed or not in the next few days. My instinct is it won't, and I don't think they'll be next. And I think by the time they decide, I think he'll fight in September, or they might even put Povetkin back a little bit later. Um, I think they want to do Povetkin outdoors, so maybe they'll do it in September, and then um, Wilder will be early next year. I, I think it'll eventually be delayed to early next year. And that, I don't know how you feel about well, it. Well, do you agree with that? Yeah, kind of. I, I, I was speaking to the to, to the to the gents earlier on on the show with Jake and uh, and Spencer, and I, I I'm a little bit worried about the Povetkin fight. I'll be honest with you, because if your eyes are already on the prize of of uh, Deontay Wilder and the and the opportunity to become the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, you know my thoughts on mm. that. I want one man to hold all mm. the belts. That's what I want. But if you're if, if that fight's made, Wilder's made, and it's in the future, it's the next one along, but you've got a real live opponent in Povetkin in between, I think that's a real dangerous thing to be doing. Um, some A banana skin to maybe, you know, because he, he isn't a mug, is Povetkin. He can really punch, and he's only been beaten by Klitschko. He might be at the twilight at the back end of his career, but 
that he's got to take that seriously, and that should be his sole focus before moving on to anything else. I know you're absolutely right. I mean, every, every Pavetkin outside, um, outside, uh, I think outside Wilder right now, Pavetkin is probably the most dangerous opponent. He, he, you know, he's got he's got very heavy hands. Mm. When he's in the mood, he can really box. He's got an incredible pedigree, world amateur boxing champion. Um, you know, the Olympic gold medalist. He's got everything. He's produced everything he needed to. Um, there's, a, there's a degree of lethargy in him for some reason, which is always strange. I mean, his performance against Klitschko was extraordinarily poor. Mm. Um, although Klitschko was allowed to kind of do that thing where he, he you know, he, 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 he punches and grabs, and, and he did it all night, and he lent on him. Um, for must must have been half the bout was never really warned properly. Um, yeah, Pavetkin is dangerous. There's no question about it. But um, he provides um, a route to, to two fights afterwards. We know that um, unification is Trump mandatories. But you know, he he is the rightful contender. He he's the number one contender for two of the belts, mm. and I think he's number three with the other with the other belt. So you know, like you say, it, it is a banana skin, but. You know, this is what we want in this division. If he wipes out Povetkin, there's only Wilder left. Listen, you uh, go and enjoy uh, a little bit of California and some uh, light lunch in Cambria. You go and do that, my friend. And I've no doubt we'll be uh, (laughs) catching it up uh, again next week. Hopefully there's more developments uh, in the world of boxing. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to us. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, doing the show for you. Um, We are obviously a little bit different this week and throughout the course of the World Cup. Talks about 10 o'clock Sunday nights. Uh, We'll return to Saturday nights after the World Cup, of course. Uh, But if you've missed any part of this show, it will be available on a podcast. So therefore, you can get us on the TalkSport website and you can get us on iTunes as well. We will catch you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.